Welcome back to No Beer Left Behind. I'm Brian here in North Texas, drinking with two good friends. And we're gonna act like this isn't this is the very first time that we're recording this. So Or uh, we just give a synopsis. Yeah. We just we, give a synopsis. Troy's really excited to give you a tour of his trash can. Uh-huh. He's drinking Miller Lite that he's been been cellaring Miller Lite in his garage. He's been cellaring Miller Lite. Uh, had some tups today. We all agree, Mackinac's a great, great spot. Uh, Frank uh, is drinking a, a really high ABV Meritzen beer that he thinks is too sweet. Uh, and I told him, "Don't sleep on it." Rar. And then uh, Troy, you fill in. Fill and then in. I said, "But Thirsty Planet, Smittlefest, not worth it." I feel like all that's right, a terrible name. That's a yeah, terrible and, name. And my 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 back door. Uh, the hinges need WD for you. Yeah, Troy's got a squeaky back door, so mind that whenever you come over, yeah, yeah. fellas. Bring your own lubricant. Yeah, exactly. He's got a squeaky, squeaky back yeah, door. It's gonna plenty of your own come lubricant. Say, you say my butthole. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah, it. Could have left it out there just to dangle. A dingle, a dingleberry. Nope. Well, it's not Hey, and I just want to. Oh my god. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I just want to point out that we did eleven minutes of eleven minutes of content. We just did two minutes under two. We did, yeah. We kind of summarized it fair enough. I, I think the only thing that I'm disappointed in at this point, uh-huh. we haven't said prolapsed in what, uh, no. almost two years. No, it, the word you're looking for is analingus. Analingus is the word you're <laughs> yeah, looking for. Prolapse, analingus, like, uh, there's prolapse, been several of these. Prolapse Tanus is was the name of my fantasy football team uh, from like six years ago, our first year of doing this podcast. Prolapse yeah, so it's been, it's been a while for that word to come up. So first off, great word drop. Secondly, we're trying to veer more towards the 14 and under crowd. What? Can you No, we're not, Matt words? Gates. Ooh. We're not going toward the 14 and under. I don't want to clearly state that we're not doing that if you're 14 and if you're 14 and under i don't want you <laughs> troy does not speak on behalf of the nope left behind uh business and the leonardo platform. dicaprio of high school troy yeah. nor nor do i speak for myself yeah also you can't say uh, shit like that with that stuff. mustache because that yeah, you end up on a list somewhere Exactly. I think Troy actually found the Miller Lite in his panel van. Yeah, exactly. In his windowless <laughs> van. Leaves it in the floorboards. <laughs> Rolls around for a while, gets nice and flat. That's right. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer type situation. Uh-huh. Yeah, I am drinking some real sketch Miller Lite tonight. Uh, it's been sitting on a shelf in my garage for about a year. I like to think it's right next to some old paint. Like, <laughs> yeah, just nothing goes better than a year old Miller Lite that's been sitting in the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's got to be wonderful. Dude, it all started from like when we first came back down here. We went on a um uh we went on a uh religious well, sabbatical. Maybe like a a boat trip with some of uh my wife's work friends. Yeah. Maybe um, maybe a boat trip. Or did you go on a boat trip? I know. That was this, this is the Miller Lite I'm drinking was sitting right next to a fully closed 
blue moon in a can. But when I picked up the blue moon, half of it was gone. Perfect. That's nope. That's good. What I mean, evaporated? So, very well. <laughs> I, I felt every can I picked up around it. They're all completely full, but they've been sitting in the garage in Texas for like a fucking year. And I'm just hoping I'm not paying the price tomorrow. Now nah, you'll be fine. Miller Lite has everything like basically <clears throat> uh, flushed out of it before it gets in a can. However, also, uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's I did. I did uh, taste some Miller Lite. <laughs> As part of my job, uh, I get to drink some questionable beer that gets shipped to us. Uh, I got to drink some Miller Lite that had been stuck in the back, uh, like in a an unrefrigerated trailer. Uh, they got the the tractor broke down somewhere between Ohio and Dallas, and the trailer had been towed to a storage facility for over a month uh, with no AC, no temperature control at all. Entire trailer full of Miller Lite that your boy had to go through and quality check. And let me just tell you just about 35 days. Uh, terrible, fucking terrible. And that was that, that, that was me tasting it, trying to make it taste good. So what an honor, yeah. what an honor. Great job, Brian. Thank you. For hey, you know what I say? Do you know how much money I saved our company? Okay. I don't know how much I'm money company, you saved them, but you took a lot man. of errors in the back for it. Company man right here. It, yeah. Enough to buy an Under Armour shirt. That's like true. That At shirt? least one. Yeah, you know, I bought this shirt because it was the only... In a very generic color. Well, it was the only, like, green Under Armour shirt that I could find that I liked. But here's the problem. I don't know if you can see this, but I, I wear a chain all the time. You can see the chain under the shirt. You know what else you well, can see under gonna, the shirt? Well, that's nipples. what they call it, Under Armour. You can wear. Yeah. You show your nipples. I, you can see my it nipples is. under my shirt. Well, is I'm that, a, say, is that a dry fit? No, it's just one of those, like, loose cotton shirts. Super comfortable. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, it's super comfy. <laughs> Y'all can suck my balls. Well, I, I just don't know, know if the money... Outside, yeah. Did you get that from Nordstrom Rack? Is that how much money you saved the I, company? Or was I, that a true Under Armour outlet find? This was an Amazon find is what it was. Amazon. Amazon. Amazing. Uh, it um, came in one day. So just like all right, I so did. Before, you know? before we get to the, you know, what I'm sure is to be the most exhilarating five seconds of this podcast history, touring... Troy's, Troy's recycling bin. No, recycling <laughs> plant. We're going to call it a recycling facility. <laughs> what, whatever. In, <laughs> in the dark. recycling bin. Dude, we literally bought a recycling bin off Amazon. I, I, can, I, say, oh, well, I cannot wait. Did. I cannot wait. Is this inside or outside? It's inside. Okay, fair enough. So we're going to have light because I, I would have really enjoyed Troy well, trying to figure out how to turn on his no, flashlight no, while I keeping got it. Google Meets going on his phone. No, Troy, but, just bring a burning stick, a burning log with you like a do, fucking please torch. Do. <laughs> please do. Bring it inside. We know Dallas is under a burn ban. But yeah. Please do also, that. Troy's in his backyard burning <laughs> yeah. one down and also by a bonfire in his backyard. And, and, and Troy, Troy is an individual who's taken a few fire protection classes. Uh, ignore Troy. that. Just ignore that. Um, that's all made up fake news. Please pick up a burning stick uh -huh. and give us a tour of your recycling bin. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm I'm gonna pick up the stick now. I just, just want to say, as my as my last will and testament, with my two witnesses here <laughs> before my wife kills me. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to say, uh, do not pick up a fucking burning stick, yeah, Troy. <laughs> So, but let me let me go inside and disconnect all the smoke detectors first. Oh, there we <laughs> go. The dogs are, are cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta be honest, cool they are not gonna be cool with it, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> and the insurance company coming to do a post mortem is like, 
these didn't go off. Somehow they didn't yeah. go off. <laughs> I don't understand what happened here. There's no, the I mean, the, the insurance company would be like, well, he should have changed the batteries. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not our fault. I'm sorry. Were those batteries in there before the fire started? Oh, they were used batteries, huh? That's your problem right there. Yep. <laughs> Funny story. When we came and did our inspection, all the batteries were just laying on the counter. Perfect. Oh, that's how you know it's been really well maintained. <laughs> it's been lived in. Yeah, I think that's that's what they call road hard and put up wet. Yeah, these, <laughs> these are some really well, uh, uh, what do you call it? worn in fire, fire uh, smoke detectors. The windows had all a yellow haze across them. It was nice. It gave a nice tint to everything. Okay, so so I had this friend who his parents were just like, I mean, chimneys, walking chimneys. And their trick for the smoke detector, because the, uh, you know, the insurance company gave you a discount for having functioning f- smoke detectors. Discount. They would put They would put these Tupperware bowls over them and like tape them to the roof. Now, now that's rude because I feel like you're talking shit about me and the way we handled smoking hookah indoors in my dent. No, no, no. It was a genius move. But I'm telling you, the the, the dead giveaway that this was a very temporary solution to a permanent issue in this house was when they would pull them down for inspection, you would see this perfect white square (laughs) around the smoke detector and everything else was yellow. (laughs) Yeah, that'll do it. That's the giveaway. I'm I'm pretty sure they never got this non-smoker discount. Well, no, obvious. Also, like when you walk into a house that's been smoked and you're like, ah, somebody's been smoking in here. I think it's it's no different than like someone who's like, you know, obviously had a couple of beers talking to a cop, right? It's like, yeah, I just had a few. Uh, I just smoked a couple cigs inside today. It's because it's cold outside whenever the inspector comes by. Buddy, there is literally yellow residue on your white wall. I'm sorry. Uh, Damn it, you got me. Should have painted it yellow. You're right. Your windows look like they're blue blocker windows. You understand that, right? (laughs) (laughs) The UV light literally cannot get through the amount of yellow that's on that light. Let me try that. My dad, oh my god. I'm sorry, little Jimmy went to the ER with smoke inhalation the other day. Was he sitting outside in the patio with you? <laughs> yeah, I tried. I smoked one in in my entire time. I smoked one cigarette inside my one bedroom apartment when I was super wasted one night because it was like fifty degrees outside, and I was like, "I'm not gonna put on a." <laughs> it was so terrible. I felt like such a piece of trash. <laughs> so when when you <laughs> did you did you set off the. Uh... Uh, Bro, this apartment did not have smoke alarms. Oh, wow. (laughs) I mean, like, you remember G-Unit, don't you, Frank? I mean, that... That place barely had... had smoke alarms. It had smoke alarms, kind of. We never knew if they worked. Like, that place barely had doors. No, but I mean... Okay, fair, fair. Like, I mean, I'm sure those smoke alarms would have gone off, but... I don't know. They didn't go off when Derek burned a bunch of pizza in there one night, so... I don't know. It's all questionable. Typical Derek. Well, to his defense, to his defense, he was very intoxicated, and the cardboard cutout at the bottom of the frozen pizza looked like the bottom of the frozen pizza. So, it's I've I've had I've never had that happen to me, but I've seen a couple of times where folks like got too drunk and ended up instead of putting it in a pan, just putting the fucking pizza in the oven, like yeah. 
People do some really weird shit. You know the pizza, the the pizza, big pizza tells you to do that. Did you know that on the on the frozen pizza boxes it says place directly on rack. Yeah. How dumb do you have to be to do that? I don't know. I've never never done it. I don't know why anyone would. Like, <laughs> no, you absolutely do. Always put the pizza on the rack. Make sure the cardboard is removed from the bottom of the pizza. But if right. you put it on the rack, you get a crispier crust. I I put outside, it on a preheated pizza stone. I yeah, I always I always leave the pizza stone in the oven that way when the oven's preheating, stone gets warm and then it gets you nice, smooth. And then you have a I still get stone. a plenty okay. crispy crust, but yeah. I don't have the Mark. risk of someone yeah. having some extra cheese on there Just getting melting all over. onto your element on the bottom of the fucking Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well that's what what we do is just put Put foil, foil on the bottom of the oven. Oh, uh, fair. That that works. So too. that way, if if any cheese drops off, it hits the foil and doesn't hit the bottom of the oven. It doesn't burn. Our pizza doesn't taste or smell like shit. We had a oh, fair enough. We had a lovely house guest staying with us for a while, and they wanted to treat us to a meal, and so they made uh, miso salmon. Like it was salmon, like basically slathered in miso seasoning, and it was really good. However. They didn't. I got burnt miso all of the bottom of my fucking oven in my house because it just like dripped off of the fucking slab of salmon because they also didn't trim it at all. It just let it was a fucking mess. It was a goddamn yeah. mess and it was a sticky ass mess because when you heat up miso, it's like fucking barbecue sauce in the oven. And as you all know who listened to my horrific experience of trying to cut up the brit the quote unquote brisket that my mom made in the oven for christmas where she just put a whole bunch of honey barbecue sauce all over this poor unfortunate slab of beef it just burns and just becomes a chunk of now okay <clears throat> here's what i want to i want to okay kind of diverge but not diverge okay um how fortunate are we that we have a such a like powerful platform like youtube or wherever you, you know, even TikTok shares pretty fantastic recipes sometimes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really, you know, if you grew up in a family that cooked poor, that was kind of like a genetic defect. Yeah. Right. Unless you went out and searched and you were like, man, food should be so much better than this. You all cooked the same. Like your grandma cooked and taught your mom and your mom was like, well, you know, this is what I know. This is kind of the... The family recipe book, even though the family recipe book probably should have been burned, it's like it's the, just, let me just tell you the wildest <laughs> shit that explains your point. Okay, hey, is, can I interrupt you for a sec? Wish you would. My external charger is dead, and I have two percent left on my phone, so I got to drop. Well, Troy, it was wonderful having you on. Uh, yeah, thank it you, was Troy. Great hanging with you guys. Um, I'll be on again in the future for sure. Okay. Just make sure your phone's charged next yeah. time, okay? I will. <laughs> to his defense, he didn't know he was going to be on. So thank you again, Troy. <laughs> That's right. Bye, Troy. Yeah. Bye, no buddy. Problem. Love you guys. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Okay. So I, I, I see where you're going. Like, because we are very fortunate um, that we we have the, the um, multitude of resources to choose from. And, you know, if we just cooked how our parents cooked, we would be... I would be fucked. I'm going to be honest with you because in my family recipe book, which my mom uh, gave to all of us, you know, grandkids and kids of on my mom's side of the family and everything. 
she made her own recipe book, gave it to everybody. And it's like 30 something pages of fucking recipes, double sided, all family recipes from years and years and years. Some things are cool, like coffee can bread. Really, really cool recipe. Very, very tasty. Very good. Um, then there's sure. other things. Frank, there is a recipe in there for Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets. Now, And they are nowhere near. Here's the deal. When I was growing up, same, same, man. Like, they were fucking great. Now, as an adult, you would think, oh, you're going to make chicken nuggets that taste like they do at Chick-fil-A. I'm guessing there's some sort of, like, chicken, a little seasoning, a little breading, you know, bread you know, breadcrumbs and then a quick like pan fry or something like that, you know, whatever. No, my guy, here's the recipe. It is chicken, cube it up like little, like less than one inch cubes. I wish I was fucking kidding here. You are uh, you reading it right now? N- I from memory because the shit's been burned in there. Uh, you pan fry it quickly, get it, get, you know, get the pink off the outside of the chicken. Yeah. Put that in the middle of a circular Pyrex pie plate. It's got to be glass. And then you cover everything in fucking shredded cheese, and then you microwave that motherfucker until the chicken is done. And you do that because the cheese is going to, like, it's going to try to stick to the bottom, whatever it is, because you're going to have to cook it for, like, five minutes. Now, when it is done... But I'm sorry, what does this have to do with Chick-fil-A? Because when you eat them... The cheese is burnt to the point, like it's got that nice crispiness to it. That it tastes like breading. It tastes like it's been fried. I shit you not, Frank. That is that is my family's Chick Fil A dupe, if you will. <laughs> so when you said when you brought this up, you had, I had no idea that you were going to bring this up. But to prove your point even further, that's my family like Chick Fil A recipe. Some family recipe books should be burned. It's we're not talking about. Okay, so the reason I feel this way is not because I think my family's recipes are just this fantastic. It's because you have to go into cooking with such humility to like be able to cook well at some point. And some people yeah, are if just you're like, a pooch. well, <laughs> well, yeah, sure, that too. But some people, they're so confident in how wrong they are that <laughs> you're like, okay, uh, grandma's been making mashed potatoes completely inappropriate <laughs> for about a hundred years. Right. Um, and it doesn't mean you need to continue to do that. So I, I just think it's hilarious because I've, you know, and again, by no means are the things that, you know, um, we cook in our family. Perfect. They are, they are not, there have been many times where I'm like, man, I really want to know how to properly do something. And then I go look and I do it and then I change, you know, uh, that method forever. Uh, um, let me, okay. You, but you, I think it's funny because it's like, we can say that now. Back in the day, if someone told you, how do you make spaghetti bolognese? You made it the way either your parents did or you found a cookbook, but none of them were going to say, oh, make a pasta dough using double zero flour with three egg yolks and some salt, you know, like it just wasn't the way it was done. We're fortunate. We live in the age of like, like essentially, you know, liberal cooking. You can go cook whatever you want as well as you want to make it. And it's, it's your choice. And if you don't want to do it, you can, you can totally go to the prepackaged food aisle. Like there's no, bro. And some of that stuff's better than anything that, you know our parents ever had but 
<laughs> if you want to be that lazy, you you know it's easy. But the, the, it, we we have so much knowledge at our disposal, and cooking is like one of the universal languages. You can just go figure out how to do the coolest shit and make dinner tonight, and you probably have most of the ingredients. Bro, okay, I looked up the actual <laughs> recipe. You don't even brown the chicken. You just cook it in the fucking microwave for 10 minutes. Oh, so it's fucking white. <laughs> oh, oh, my no. God. So right oh, above that horrendous. is right above that is a recipe for Mexican breakfast casserole. Well, what does that even mean? Don't know, but let me hit you with the ingredients. We don't need long because... I'm, gu- I'm going to guarantee a rotel is in it. No. No rotel? Nope. What's the tomato? A bunch component? of misspelled words. Four tomatoes <laughs> chopped. Which oh, okay, okay. doesn't which tell is Rotel, you pretty much. Which is Rotel. <laughs> okay. There are uh, seven ounces of black olives chopped, five cups of cheddar seven, cheese. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Seven ounces of black olives. That's one of those. It, it's one of those it's little. A tin. Yeah, it's one of those little cans. It's a lot of black olives. Nah, how many eggs? Fine. Hold on, how many eggs? Six egg yolk. Okay, re- read the ingredients, and I'll tell you whether or not this sounds. Five cups of cheddar cheese grated. That's a fuck ton of cheddar cheese. So you're eating cheese with a side of eggs. Five cups. We're not and done with the cheese. We're not done with the cheese. Just hold up. Four tomatoes chopped. Seven ounces of canned chopped chilies. Okay. <laughs> what chilies? Chilies. Just chilies. <laughs> Four. Four cups of mozzarella cheese grated. Oh now, God, here's the problem. Here's the problem with. Is that the, the last cheese? Hold on. Yeah, that's all the cheese. But here's okay. the problem. Nine cups of cheese to six yolks. <laughs> here's the problem. Oh mozzarella God. is terribly misspelled. It is M O T Z E R E L L A. It's not it spelled really mozzarella. It doesn't matter, Brian. It does At this to me. Point, you have six egg yolks. Now imagine. Also, imagine. here's another. Well, we should do one day. Is take a picture for MPLP and just post a single fried egg with a cup of cheese. Not even a fried egg, Frank. You're missing the point. It's only egg yolk. No, that's what I'm saying. The absurdity of that alone. That to think you take the, the, the smallest part of that egg and go, now put a cup of cheese on here, dude, it gets okay, weirder. Sorry, sorry. It gets weirder. Is there, gonna... Are there potatoes in here? No, 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 no. You t- no, hold on. There's even we- what the f- how is this Mexican? Okay. So <laughs> okay, sorry, keep reading, keep reading. So we'll, you toss we'll, we'll do the, we'll do the you reading. toss all of that in a long casserole dish. Where the fuck that is. Okay, but wait, wait, wait. Okay. So ingredients that we've heard thus far is cheese, a cup of cheese. mozzarella, a cup of no, cheddar. No, 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 four cups of mozzarella, five sorry, cups of cheddar. Sorry, four cups. Four uh, cups, five cups. Plus Seven. six egg yolks. No, we haven't Plus gotten there yet. A, a, we haven't. We haven't got. We haven't gotten to the egg yolks yet. Hold on. Okay, so sorry. A let tin, me let me just read it off. Stop trying to guess and a it. Tin of black olives. Okay. And tomatoes. So you mix all that together and you put it in a casserole dish. Now you mix together. I'm guessing separately. Six egg yolks, a cup or a third a cup of flour. Okay. A half teaspoon of salt. A quarter teaspoon of cumin. Half okay. teaspoon of oregano. Quarter teaspoon of pepper. Now, here's one that I don't really know what this. So measure- I mean, we're, we're calling this a dash of flavor. I don't know what this this measurement is, but a small can of milk. Oh, she's talking about the um, evaporated evaporated milk. They sell them in small tins. That's what she's talking about. Yeah. So you beat that. Here's the deal. Here's what I don't. Because evaporated milk doesn't have as much liquid in it, like as much water content. Here's the shit that pisses me off. We've gone through all these ingredients, right? Well, and then as you read the instructions, and then we add ingredients in yeah, the recipe. <laughs> the instructions are like, 
Hey, beat the six egg whites. Wh- what? Okay, I guess we don't throw out. I've already thrown out the whites because you told me to. I fucking what? Okay, so we beat the six egg whites with one and a quarter teaspoons of cream of tartar. I fucking didn't know I needed cream or tartar when I started this. <laughs> Fold this into the other egg mixture and pour over the top of cheese in a long casserole dish. Bake for one hour and at 300 degrees and then let stand for 15 minutes before you slice and serve. I got to be honest. There is no... What about this is Mexican? <laughs> There's no fucking tortillas, the tortilla it's chips. The cheese, Brian. But mozzarella... Badly misspelled mozzarella does not... Mexican make. I'm guessing the seven ounce can of chopped chilies. That's where it is. They're like, ooh, spice. It's the Latin, the the, the Latin flavor. I don't know. I like I said, there is there's 15 pages just of meats and main dishes here um, that include. <laughs> I just want to point out that my entire family is uh, English. I mean, the UK basically where my family, this part of the family in particular came from Scotland and Wales. Okay. There's a recipe in here for classic. (laughs) I'm going to misspell. I'm going to, I'm going to mispronounce this because it's, there's no way this is right. Classic baked mastacholi, which can't be right. That can't be, I'm going to go ahead and do a quick Google search of mastacholi. Uh, Oh my God, it's a word. It is a pasta variety. But what the fuck is this? It looks like long fucking long macaroni. It's ziti. It's goddamn, or uh, penne pasta. What the fuck? Yeah, my bougie ass family making bougie penne pasta. We're using ragu. Mozzarella is at least spelled right here. Uh, ripe olives and mushrooms. Gotta love that. Italian sausage or lean ground beef. Those are the same. What the fuck? What is happening here? Sorry. No, so, no, no. I've got a problem with the car. Um, so what's the next, the next recipe that we're reading through here? Uh, no, I was just, I, I looked at, <clears throat> uh, the, the pasta recipe that my fucking English family came up with of classic baked masticcioli. Which is Cla- it's, uh, but that's classic. Classic, you know, because it sounds Italian. Uh huh. Italian. And the second, the second ingredient is one pound bulk Italian sausage or lean ground beef. If you know Italian sausage is too spicy for you. Well, not even just that. If you understand that Italian sausage is pork, right? Like, fuck, <laughs> are we doing here? Um, here's here's okay, one. No, hold on. Was there anything distinctively Mexican about that last recipe? Absolutely. For chilies. Other, a can of other chilies. than chilies and nah. olives are not Mexican. So no. <laughs> I guess chilies. chilies. Okay, fair. You ready for this one? This is the descript- yeah. the name of it. Beer fritter batter. Whoa. What is that? It's a crisp. I'm glad you asked because the first line explains it. A crisp light batter for vegetables or fish. Uh, is this like supposed to be like a tempura? Nope. But yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Probably a tempura type batter. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Better have a lot of baking soda in it. Absolutely not. There's no baking soda in here. There's flour. A cup of flour. Some salt. One cup of flat beer. Uh, two uh, tablespoons. Oh, okay. So it's got it's flat beer, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Now the thin. 
no, non-flat the, beer, the baking soda would be the okay. thin fritter batter. That's where you okay. get a teaspoon of baking powder and a cup of flour, sifted, obviously. <clears throat> and you're not flat beer, uh, beer. No, not no no flat beer in this one. Okay. Uh, I here. <sighs> wait, wait. Either of those have uh, cornstarch? That does uh, help. No. Vegetable okay. oil in both of them, but no. I bet it's going to be a pretty thick flour, actually. I mean, it's fucking flour that my family's buying, so. So on the thin on the thinness scale of crunch, it's either thin because it's very soupy, or it's thin because, um, you add an appropriate amount of baking soda and baking powder to. Frank, it. I'm glad you asked what else is in this recipe book because there is a section in here, simply titled "Vegetables in Salads and Relishes in Pickles." That is, this is the new turducken. No, it's just one section, and that's they they wanted to throw everything. In I'm here. sorry, did you say in or and? And and. Oh, okay. I, I said like I said. I'm sorry, in. I was like vegetables in salad in relish in pickle. Now I said wow. in because there's an ampersand between each uh, line. Okay, here, okay, 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 got it. Okay, so it's the, fair enough. I would not be mistaken. Oh for my god, this is a turducken. Oh my god, here it is. Okay, so. I know you're not a TikTok guy, Frank, but there is a there is a TikToker who goes and videotapes his mom making shit, and it's disgusting. His mom is a fucking war criminal. She needs to be. She needs to go to the Hague. Okay, the shit that she makes is fucking disgusting. One of the things that she made involved pineapple and fucking mayonnaise and lettuce. Okay. Okay. My my family has. A pineapple cheese salad in here. Okay, but is it cottage cheese? Is that that was a very accepted thing? All right. Um, if it's cottage cheese, I will I will give them a pass. All right, you ready for this? It's not cottage cheese. <sighs> I'm just gonna I'm not gonna read you the ingredients. I'm gonna read you the one and a half lines of directions here. Okay, combine water, sugar, pineapple, and Jello. Bring to a boil. Cool till partly set. Then you add whipping cream and cheese and chill until it's set. Hit you with a lot there, so let me break down. We're looking. Well, at- so they're, they're making what they're making is a. It's um, what is that called? There's a name for it. Jello salad. Uh, yeah, it's a Jello salad, but it's not just Jello. Um, for, I think framboise is one of the things too. No, that's that's raspberry. That's a beer. That's raspberry. Um, okay, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Uh, <laughs> There's a version of that recipe that has marshmallows in it. Frank, they... God bless my dumb family. <laughs> they, they, have, they have written down ways to make pickled beets and then ways to make mom's pickled beets. What about grandma's? I don't know. The difference... The only only difference between the two is that apparently mom used pickling spice and whole cloves and what a grandma use nothing Salt? nothing water sugar and white vinegar so you just basically okay made so a fair brine. enough so mom mom actually made the better one do not yeah. use grandma's yeah grandma's preservative will last about i don't know three months here's the issue there are this is why i said my dumb family they wrote down every every vegetable that they pickled Okay, but it doesn't mean shit. You just put what you fucking your brine that you use to pickle, and that's it. That's all you needed to do is write down once 
your water to salt vinegar ratio or water salt sugar uh, vinegar ratio and just fucking dunk random shit in there and you're fucking you're I don't need to know the same fucking ingredients that went into pickled squash that went into pickled pickles. Okay, here's where I'll give them credit just for a second. Pickled beets specifically have more sugar in them than any of the other pickling. Well, yeah, because they're fucking beets. Then when they're set in something yeah. watery, they're going to break down. So, so well, you also add more, more, more uh, sugar to the pickling spice. So... That one I would write specifically, but if I'm doing cucumbers to fucking carrots, no. Yeah, they're garden vegetable pickling. What the fuck are we doing here? There is a reason why when you go to an Italian restaurant, it's all in one bottle. Yeah. (laughs) Because they're all the same. (laughs) Ooh, here are the drinks. Now, my family, not drinkers, I imagine this is going to be great. Nope, these are all garbage town. This is all ways to get a her- terrible hangover if you wanted to add vodka to any of these. You could, uh, but you would get a fucking horrendous. What? Welch's Grape Cranberry Holiday Punch? Frank, I dare Did you. Even- I dare you to guess what's in the Welch's Grape and Cranberry Holiday Punch. I mean... Welch's grape juice? You son of a bitch. You've been stealing my family's recipe book, haven't you? <laughs> you mother fu- Oh, you son of a bitch. How dare you, Frank? <laughs> what else are we talking about? <laughs> That's it. That's it, really. Um, yeah. There's some fucking 7 Up in there. I'm sorry, lemon lime soda. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is fucking. I, anyway, yeah, we're lucky that we don't so, have to rely so, okay. on families. But that's the thing. We're lucky we have YouTube. I think that's the whole statement here. Yeah. Oh, my God. That makes me want to drink. Ugh. Makes me want to crack open another cold one. Um, Sorry, I've been trying to deal with a... Uh, Child who can't find a pacifier in the background while trying to grab another beer. So no worries. I'm back. I'm back in normal mode. But yeah, so it's funny because I think a lot of people in our generation, we at least have a semblance of understanding when it comes to all this access to knowledge, right? And we've been trying to help folks out. Now, granted, there is a limit to that rope, but I feel as though cooking youtube is really it's still kind of in its infancy like i watched cooking youtube about very mainstream um what you would call it um cuisines for a long time but cooking youtube as a like a subplot to mexican cuisine and spanish cuisine and stuff that like you know you're talking now at this point family recipes is only very recent it's it's not uh call it five maybe ten years ago you wouldn't be able to get a channel like pasta grannies or from my ranch to your kitchen which is entirely in in spanish um teaching you the true yucatan mexican recipes for your favorite taco dishes etc right right like it does take a little bit of work, but <clears throat> once you know how to make this stuff, you're like, 
yeah, man, that is exactly how you make a good carnitas taco or a good barbacoa taco, etc. People should take advantage of that, man. Like that that level of knowledge has only ever been available to folks who either a travel to the region or were from the region and travel to the region and cared to learn. Um, I will say, I will say this. Uh, yeah. YouTube has a lot of great, uh, chefs, um, ones to stay away from, uh, just look up worst chefs on YouTube. And if you, the person you're following is on that list, uh, fucking stop, <laughs> stop it. There's a guy, his name, his name or the YouTube channel is the cooking with Jack show. And it is consistently listed as the wor- YouTube's worst cooking channel. And it's not because like like his a lot of his recipes honestly are similar to the ones that, like that I just read from my family. That's lazy man's uh, enchiladas, and it's like tortilla chips, browned beef, you know, brown ground beef, uh, enchilada sauce, and fucking cheese. But I think cake. okay, so but so here's here, the here's- no the problem with him is he doesn't like. Um, cook his meat all the way through a lot of the times. So there was one show that he just had raw fucking chicken that he had baked for like four minutes or something like that. He's like, you're going to want to get a nice brown edge on it. And it was, he he like, he cut into it and he was like, Oh, it's still a little chilly in the middle. (laughs) Like this man is straight up eating raw food. So, so, okay. So yeah, stay away from those folks. If you want good ones, um, plenty of great ones out there and i know bon appetit has their controversy and well deserved um if you really want to learn how to make phenomenally well uh the lady that left bon appetit claire um just look up claire bon appetit you'll find her i can't remember what her last name is phenomenal baker i mean she was a pastry chef at some of the most famous restaurants in, in in new york um Claire, definitely look her up claire Safitz or Safitz. there you go Safitz. yeah and she makes a a uh, we're getting into jewish holiday seasons if you want hala she makes an incredible hala if you want um babka which is very new york it's actually not even like israeli jewish it's like a new york jewish thing polish jew actually um but just happen to be like really introduced to the world in new york uh, if you want to make a good babka, which is just uh, stupidly good dessert, um, she's the person to go to. Uh, <clears throat> another one, if you really want, if you want efficiency, but you want true to form, um, that dude can cook is very, very good. The guy uses, he was a sous chef in very good restaurants in New York. And he's like, you know, I'm not going to teach you how to make the most incredible omelet, but I'm going to teach you something that's 90% of the way there that you can do at home. That's very easy. Uh, that, you know, the last, cause it, it, what you figure out when you cook a lot is the last 10% of a dish from home cooking to restaurant is the education. Um, everything up until then, the flavor you'll nail and you'll be like, man, but it's just not quite like you see in the picture. And you're like, yeah, but that's that's the skill, right? Like that's the skill. J. Kenji um, Lopez Alt, that is the man. When it comes to YouTube cooking, he is the fucking shit. Sorry, who is he? Kenji Lopez Alt. He was the guy. He he was the person who 
he's a food scientist who came up with the reverse sear technique for cooking steaks mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. Um, he figured out scientifically the best way to make a hamburger <laughs> using cast iron skillet. Like he does all these things, breaks everything down to the like chemical reactions that take place. Okay. So he's the, the modern day Elton Brown. That's great. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's an Elton Brown who d- isn't a fucking pretentious asshole, which yeah, but Elton Brown is he, a pretentious he started, asshole. Yeah. But he started becoming the, he started owning the personality when people started being very, uh, how should I put it? Very condescending towards his science discussion. Yeah. What he says in his shows, if it like honestly, it's all like, accurate and great. I'm not information. a huge Elton John fan. Uh, uh, sorry, Elton Brown fan. <laughs> I don't know why I said John. Elton Brown fan. But there is not a better way to learn about cooking than watching Elton Brown. There his, just is not. His period. old cooking shows are the fucking best. I remember they when are. when my cable provider in uh, Central Oklahoma <laughs> first got Food Network. That we used to watch a show every night when it would come on. It was well, he, he great. was he was the first person where I heard, and and you got to remember this was Alton Brown telling you, while Emeril Lagasse came on in prime time, yeah, telling you something different, that garlic is not meant to be roasted unless you are intending for the garlic flavor to be subtle. Yeah, and and I was like, okay, so that's why the marinara sauces that I eat are super garlicky and the ones I make are not because I'm roasting my garlic with my onion. And if I add it after the fact, then it's a garlicky sauce. So, you know, <laughs> I, I guess it goes back to saying like, there are so many good and, and I want to, I want to be very clear about this. Like there is not the best YouTube channel for learning how to cook. There is the best for certain styles. So the guy that Brian mentioned is very good, clearly at meats and probably a lot of, you know, very technical stuff in cooking but then you're going to learn stuff from the pasta granny's channel about how to properly make spaghetti and meatballs which by the way the meatballs should be about an inch wide um or sorry an inch round what am i saying i think you should make square meatballs um an inch round and that's something that you're only going to learn from that channel because that's where a person literally went and like researched went to the regions, interviewed the grandmas. How do you make this in your region where this dish is supposedly from, right? And that's the beauty of it. Like, <clears throat> that's the power of YouTube. So I, I have not attempted a new cuisine um, without it. And I've not, like, revalidated my knowledge of, you know, things that I think I know how to cook um, without watching several different folks that are like renowned in that you know cuisine show me how they make it and then i'm like okay that part i agree with there's a part of this that i don't do quite that way maybe because it's i don't have the tool or maybe because it's you know the the olive oil that we have in the u.s isn't quite as good so i'm not gonna you know top my ship with olive oil that doesn't do anything to it um you know like there's 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 all these things that you could then decide based on the knowledge that you gather but our parents didn't have that. They had grandma and grandpa's cookbook that then just became the Bible and became Thanksgiving. And I mean, next thing you know, you've got white gravy at Thanksgiving and you're offending oh, an entire generation oh of my God, Frank's they, family. So I, no, no, no. I don't think they offended anybody but me. Everybody else was like, well, thank you. This is great. I was just like a white gravy at Thanksgiving. 
you is this fucking, fucking Nazi. Breakfast? You goddamn Nazi. Get out of here. Not only, you, what did you spend here? Three dollars? Oh, <laughs> Thanks for bringing the three dollar white gravy. <laughs> you fucking Holocaust you denier. Taking, you piece of yeah, shit. No, I appreciate you taking all-purpose flour with heavy whipping cream and some pepper. Man, what an effort you put in. Well, see, I cooked some bacon this morning. I had some extra grease left over, and I thought, why not just keep that heated pan going? I, I, I understand I sound like a pretentious asshole, but I'm going to tell you right now, and just to re reaffirm, there is nothing worse in this world than white gravy. Like, nothing. Nothing in cooking is less effort, less reward, less fucking, like, return on caloric intake, nothing. It's the blandest, most bullshit shit. I don't understand white gravy. And this is a person who also doesn't like funnel cakes. So take that for what you think it might be worth. Both of those things suck dick. Well, some people like sucking dick. Anyway, I... Hey, hey, okay, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to... Okay, that was derogatory. I apologize. Yeah. Don't yuck my yum or whoever's yum. It's didn't not mean me. that. Anyway, um, you know, uh, suck, suck ass. Suck ass is universal. If you if you'd like to do it, that's fine. I don't appreciate it. it sucks ass. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's no speaking of speaking of foods. <laughs> I ate my way around. I'm Ep- sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'm trying to trying to trying to segue into some shit that I want to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, speaking of foods, I ate my way around Epcot. Or as uh, a uh, passenger on my trip to <laughs> Disney I'm called so it. Sorry, I heard I heard you say this, and I couldn't not jump to the butt of the joke. So yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, all right. I went to Disney, and it was fun. What do you want to talk about? No, 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 Brian. Brian. No, 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 no. You tell me what you want to talk about. Brian went to Epcot. And unfortunately, my mind immediately went. You don't to, have to, but you're see, see. Here's the deal. You say unfortunately. You say I, unfortunately, sorry, and then bro. you just go keep going back to it. You know what I mean? I didn't, but you, I didn't that's what you're doing. To. I'm just letting you know what you're doing. I didn't mean to step on your joke. I apologize. Oh, okay. It's so funny. Just go. Okay. My mother-in-law called it Epcock the entire time we were there. See, that's see, that's what you stepped on. You stepped on my cock. That was a great setup. It's just, it got me. It got me right away because I knew where you were going. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If if you didn't say in the thread that your mom or your mother in law called it that, I wouldn't have known. But then you did. And as soon as you said, I ate my way around Epcot, I I popped in my head. And then Mm -hmm. I started laughing. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. Mm -hmm. I apologize. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. We, so we ate our way around Epcot. Uh, Epcot. Yeah. Um, uh, it was fun. It's fun as fuck. Got to drink a lot of good beer. Uh, got to drink a lot of good mixed drinks. Um, some not so great beer. I had a key lime Kolsch that was the worst thing I've ever tasted. Uh, it was so bad. Well, let's focus on the highlights. What was your favorite country? Um, Germany, probably Germany. Okay. Uh, their beer flight was great. A lot of stuff that I'd had before. They had a pineapple Rattler, which I had not had, and it was fucking amazing. I've been drinking their grapefruit Rattler all over uh, each of the Disney parks. Very, very tasty. Uh, it was 2.5%, so it was 
refreshing. Yeah, Rattler's Rattler's super underrated. Yep. Um, there, I will say this: they had so at Epcot during the Food and Wine Festival, which we went for. Um, they have a cheese a cheese uh, mission that you can go on. You get a special passport. It's called the Fromage Montage, which, as you all know from long term listeners of the show. Um, one of my favorite memories of working for a boss that I didn't particularly care for. Uh, we went for pizza one day for lunch and, uh, she was like, Brian, what do you, what do you want? And the option on the list was Quattro Formaggio. And I was like, dude, the Quattro Formaggio, that's the way to go. Okay. No, it's seven cheeses for those who don't speak Italian. It's, it's not seven, but yes. Um, so my boss, who I didn't particularly care for at the time and don't still don't, she said with a fucking straight face to a very pretentious waiter, uh, yeah, we'll have the old quattro fromage. <laughs> and the waiter was like... That is okay, a uh, right. good mix of Spanish and French you got there. Uh-huh. So it was great. Uh, so uh, we went on the cheese journey at Epcot, the fromage montage. Um, and it was sponsored by Remy's Ratatouille. Like that was the fucking, which if you go to Epcot, uh, Remy's Ratatouille ride in France is fucking awesome. Really goddamn cool ride. Not as cool as, uh, Avatar's Flight of Passage. That was by far the coolest goddamn experience I've ever been on, but I digress. So we completed the fromage montage with three extra cheese dishes. (laughs) So you're only supposed to like get stamps for five cheese dishes. That you well, eat. but people forgot the stamp. No, 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 no. We got drunk and continued ordering cheese dishes. And then every time we would order it, we were like, can you stamp our passport? And they are like, you've already stamped. You you don't need any more stamps. And we're like, God damn it. All right, well, let's eat this cheese. Now we're just paying. Now we're just eating cheese. We feel like a fucking bunch of assholes. So anyway. But you can't, you can't feel like an asshole eating cheese. Dude, some it's really good cheese dishes. The German cheese dish was basically uh, German mac and cheese is what it was. And it was goddamn delicious. It was schnickenklocken. I don't know. It sounded anti-Semitic, so I didn't like saying it. Yeah, that actually sounds a little bit like uh, uh, <coughs> The Offspring, the start of The Offspring song where he's like, schnickenklocken. Yeah, yeah. yeah, basically basically what that was. Yeah, we ate the beginning <laughs> of The Offspring song, a pretty fly for a white guy song. Uh, it was delicious. Uh, we had oh, we had poutine, but we Potin. had sorry Potin if you're from that part of the world. Pat Potin. Anyway, <laughs> this poutine's the correct. So if, if you go outside of Canada, they make fun of them. They say they eat Potin up there. <laughs> um, well, it was goddamn delicious, and that's the one thing I will never make fun of Canadians for because it was amazing. No, and you know that actually is from Belgium. It's not from from. Uh, it's from a region in France that Belgium heavily influenced it's, well, it's an inter- interesting story poutine well um it makes sense because belgians did frights correctly so correct frites. and gravy and cheese together come on now yeah get out of here uh we also had i had smoked and i fucking what the fuck is the irish dish that they have every year for fucking saint patty's day uh ornish no beef no uh corn beef uh yeah smoked we had corn smoked beef. corned beef that's what it was. Yeah. Goddamn amazing. Smoked corned beef with fucking queso fresca over the top of it over homemade uh, potato, like potato chips. But like they were soft fried potatoes. Okay. So here, here's, here's the, coming back to the recipe book. Corned beef. What's it made out of? 
It's just fucking beef with a lot of shit ton of spices on the outside. Yeah, but what cut? Prime rib? Brisket. Brisket. There it is. Oh, yeah, that's right. I knew that. Yeah. Um, the thing about that, like, I think it's better than smoked brisket. To it be is. Honest. It's fucking it's amazing. Here's the deal. So much shit you can do with pastrami is corned beef. The problem, on, the problem with some corned beef and this one at Epcock was that salty. Uh, it's too salty. Too much yeah, salt. but that's that comes down to the brine, dude. Yeah. That's probably they were probably using yep. the carrot brine. They were probably the oh, yeah. they were using Come mom's brine instead of grandma's brine. <laughs> instead of grandma's brine. Anyway, on, uh, well, you you just you defined that earlier. Come yeah. on, I, you know the I you know, know, know the this. Uh, so I got fucking shit housed. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, so all right, <laughs> I got shit housed. I was talking <laughs> trash in the hall of the presidents, or but the Epcot version, whatever the fuck that was. It's the one where you go on a tour and you see a bunch of shit that we stole from Native Americans, but it's not the actual shit that we stole from Native Americans. It's but replicas, it's also kind of it. It's replicas yeah. of the shit that we stole from Native Americans. Anyway, they had that part of the museum cut off, and then I got. I got scolded by Mrs. Brian because I was like, well, they don't fucking want us to see all the shit in there. They fucking stole. This is bullshit. And there's somebody on the, on the piano trying to play pub versions of let it go. And it was a goddamn disaster. It was a disaster. Well, okay. So, so let's, let's quick rewind. This was also um, the last day of our <laughs> Disney trip. Okay. So, and, yeah, and, and, and Con. I, I had to, yeah, I had to reschedule my flight for hurricane. Ian, Ian, Okay, and yeah. let me just tell you right now. We I am not going to do that. Well, I wasn't going to, and then my mother and father-in-law were like, whoa, whoa, what? But this is going to get me into a grinds my gears, and I'm going to be very, you know what, I'll get into that in a second. They talked us into rebooking our flights, and I'm glad they did. Um, even though it cost me an additional 100 bucks, we still got my family out of harm's way, which turns out probably a good idea. Anyway. Yeah, no, for sure. Based on what Orlando looks like right now. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. It no, was... no, no, no. I, I had some interview questions because you were just like, oh, we did this and this. And I, I want to know, you know, okay. the juicy bits here. So, okay. I went to Disney in 1997. About, that was the last time I went. Honestly, okay, like, about two years after the last time I went to Disney. Okay. A so, year or so. <clears throat> Epcot was the fucking worst place for a kid. It still is. It okay. still is because there's okay. only about four rides there and okay. everything else is geared around food and or food. Well, and wine. it used to be the imagination station, you know, like it was like, oh, God, oh yeah. yeah, it's the, the what the world of tomorrow could look like. Correct. And, and that big ball used to just be this like bullshit convention center that basically still is gather dust. Yeah. OK. All right. So that's still there. The yep. best thing they did to Epcot, which was not there when I was there. Is the fucking tour the world food, beer, drinks, shit. Yep. That revitalized the whole thing. Epcot was literally on the verge of being shut down. It was that bad. Honestly, I think it still should be shut down. Hot take, Brian's hot take of uh, fucking Disney. I'm just going to... Because Disney is supposed to be for kids. It, it is. It's supposed to be for kids. And Epcot is very much the most boring shit on the planet for kids. There's about five things to do. Three of them are rides. The other two are fucking sing-alongs. The they're trying to revitalize stuff with having Guardians of the Galaxy being built in the middle now, but like, bro, it's still it's. If I was a kid, and this is the one park that my daughter tapped out on, and we kind of didn't have a choice but to let her tap out on it, um, I would have been bored out of my fucking mind because every ride has no. at least an hour wait, 
at, at least an because hour. Because it's Epcot that has five rides. It has five rides, and everybody's like, well, fucking, th- let's go Epcot do this. I think Epcot literally has, like, bumper cars in the middle. Just not anymore. Fucking not anymore. Because if they had bumper cars, your boy would have been on them drunk, hitting people, running Dude, into I fucking remember, workers. I was so bored at Epcot, and Hollywood Studios was equally as, but I've, I've heard that's gotten better. That has changed completely. Okay. Hollywood Studios is fucking Because Hollywood tits. Studios used to be really fucking boring, because they were actual sound stages. Yeah, and and, like tour. and there are some there's still some of that for the for the older folks or honestly the best thing is to go to some of those when it's really hot just to just to catch a break. <clears throat> but yeah, it is that part has drastically changed now. Yeah, so Epcot is it's still pretty trash for a kid, honestly. Remy's Ratatouille That's was unfortunate, man, cuz I, I think like why didn't they open Star Wars at Epcot? Because it made more sense to Hollywood Studios. Uh, here's the deal: okay. uh, be- because they, it's so like nation focused, they can yeah. work in stuff like Beauty and the Beast sing along over in France and Remy's Ratatouille in France. It's cool as fuck. Like they have a Norway section where uh, yeah. the fucking Frozen rides are, and you can meet Anna and Elsa. Whatever, it's cool shit. Um, because there's also some real world tie-ins. That it's it makes sense, but. They've got to have more shit for kids because everything that's there, there's only a few things and they take forever to sit through. Um, but Hollywood Studios, tits. It is fucking by far the best. Okay, cool. Um, I don't yeah, know. Hollywood Studios used to not be that good. It it uh, wasn't even the, built the last time I went, so it was it was about to open. Oh, uh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, in '97, it was very sparse. Um, they had cool stuff, but it was not. It was not like you know. Magic Kingdom level or Magic Kingdom is places. Magic Kingdom is still fucking tops. It is literally like, well, I don't know. You have any more interview questions for me because I don't want to jump into an answer or anything because I, I like this 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 back and forth. Yeah, situation. no. So so okay. So <clears throat> getting to Magic Kingdom, did you do Goofy's Barnstorm? I did not. So <sighs> now nah. it's the coolest kid roller coaster. Here's dude. the deal. I think it might have been shut down. Uh, uh, or like being in the middle of being rebranded because a lot of the rides, the kids' rides, get worked yeah. on in the off season, and this is technically the off season. Okay, uh, fair. I think I think Mickey's Barnstormer, um, and there was another like fame. Oh, the Country Bears Jamboree. Uh, the Country Bear, yeah, that one's getting redone because it's racist. Yeah. Also, yes. Yeah. Um, they're they're being <laughs> that, one, that was just getting redone. They're it's like, let's fucking exney on fucking. Uh, no, they had the brown bear playing face. the fucking uh, jug. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on. Uh, well, it's a small world after all. Is oh wait, it is fucking terrible. It's dog shit. The worst ride I've ever fucking been on. I fucking hated yeah, it. But it has minute. nostalgia to people. Fuck that. No, those fucking people need to go away because that ride. Well, hold on. Sucked. The animatronics are so bad. You know what? They're on par with fucking Pirates of the Caribbean ride. I said it. That okay, fucking, that fucking well, ride. Well, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, there's a reason for it. Pirates of the Caribbean ride came before the movie. I know. It's as old as It's a Small World. Correct. And then they correct, shoehorned correct. in Jack Sparrow when the new correct. Pirates movie, when I say new Pirates movie, the 20-something-year-old Pirates movies came out. Yeah, no. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, the, the, it's a ride that influenced the movie. That's yeah, well, also Jungle Cruise, which is right next to Pirates, is a ride that inspired a fucking movie. Jungle Cruise has yeah, been around that's for an a actual cool ride. I don't know. Never went to it because 
I fucking got distracted in Azkabar or Akrabah, wherever fucking Aladdin that was lives. For Aladdin, yeah. It Aladdin was goddamn sick. Right. Aladdin wasn't even open. Uh, the fucking flying carpet ride, bullshit. It's just Dumbo without the fucking ears. Uh, but meet, meeting and greeting uh, princesses and like characters when you have a little kid is the yeah. fucking coolest shit ever on the planet book for their autographs. So we didn't do the autograph book because I did an autograph book when I was a kid. And by the time I went to like the second park, I was like, I was even like, this is bullshit. I don't want to do this because Goofy's just going to scribble on here. But I did think it was cool at first. And then my daughter was like, Oh, we can get their autograph. I was like, yeah, yeah. do you want that though? Cause you know, I got pictures. Um, which was way cooler, honestly, because my daughter yeah. my daughter had her nails painted like Minnie Mouse's dress. They were red red nails with white polka dots. Oh, that's so cool. when they met when she met Mickey and Minnie, oh my god. Obviously they weren't saying anything because they're fucking characters at Disney and I don't think I'm spoiling anything here. When you're in a giant fucking head, you can't talk to children. So mm-hmm. but she was like pantomiming everything and my daughter was like and then she told me this and told me this like oh I didn't he- even hear that and she's like you wouldn't hear that you're a parent dad and I was like oh okay all right it was fucking awesome yeah, Disney to- is cool dude I th- I think the way that Disney like sets it up is perfect for parents and kids I I and I say I say that because it's like there's a give and take in this whole thing. Yep. Dad and mom are paying a shit ton of money for you to go here. And maybe you do need to go to Epcot for like, you know, a couple of hours. And yeah, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not that big of a sacrifice for all the other just insane shit that you get to do. Um, <clears throat> the one thing that I do wish is that they would, because what I've heard now, this is not okay. You know, obviously done with any additional we'll give it the Brian validation. We'll give it the Brian factor crap here. Yeah, but it, it sounds as though they're selling a, a significantly more uh, amount of tickets than they used to in the 90s. Uh, and as such, ride times are longer, which is why they introduced the fast pass. So what, it, the, the other time I went to Disney and it wasn't days at a time like the reason i say 97 was the last time i truly went is because i went to all the parks um the last time i went to disney it's probably 2004 and there i went to disney uh, i went to sorry i went to uh, magic kingdom and then i went to the uh, universal what islands of adventure which are great yeah um but (laughs) when i went there uh, you used to be able to get something called a fast pass yep. and the fast pass would get you into a truly expedited line for any ride, but it was only available to people staying on property, staying in specific rooms. And they took that whole system and reinvigorated it into anybody who books a Disney vacation at a Disney resort now gets to fast pass on specific rides, right? Or like, what's the? No, okay, so if you're staying on resort, you can get access to the parks one hour before the rest of the rest of the people, which is okay. it's cool because honestly, as hot as it gets in Florida, earlier the better uh, for a lot of these things. Okay, so they have l- what they call Lightning Lane now. Lightning Lane is is a legitimate. It's like a fast pass. However. Um, they have certain rides that you can't use lightning lane on more than once. So they have mm. like T 
tiered rides, basically like uh, Avatar: Flight of Passage, um, uh, Star one Wars. Time. Yeah, one time a day, and that's it. Um, you can go back again and use your lightning lane access, um, but it's like a stand. It's it's the same as standby, or I think it's like after four hours you can try lightning lane again. Anyway, there's there's a lot of different tiers. It is kind of confusing, but here's the deal. Um, you can get through all the lines if you're patient. Um, like the line, the longest line we stood in was for Ratatouille's um, adventure or whatever the hell it is. And it was about an hour and 40 minutes. And the reason it was that long is because it was raining and it was one of the only rides that had cover like over the waiting area. And so it made sense like as to yeah, why, yeah, yeah. why it was that long. And I mean, an hour and 40 minutes is a long time. Let me give you a Brian tip. Okay. Sure. Go into the line with at least one drink in your hand and you will be just fine because yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. I'm I'm not, I'm not thinking. Okay. So I'm not thinking about the adults. It's like, Oh yeah, no, go with a kid 40 minutes with a child waiting on a ride is a nightmare. And that's what I was getting ready to say. You got to go. That's why when people say like, don't take them too young, because they won't remember yeah. it. Well, also what that means is they're going to be a nightmare to stand in a 90 minute line, like six and years old. And it, I think people need to understand that the 90 minute line, while it's not the norm, um, can happen at the popular rides, yeah. but more importantly, it seems to be a, like, it seems to be a more common occurrence at popular rides because when I went, right, and even this was in 2004, because my thing that I always go, if I go to Disney, I go to Space Mountain. I think it's the coolest roller coaster on Earth. It's pitch black. It's just, it's sweet. Um, <clears throat> I think the longest I've waited for Space Mountain, and I've been on it like four or five times, has been like 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay. And I would not be surprised if someone said, you know, okay, you go to Disney now, you take a kid, a ride like Space Mountain back then, whatever you call it, Ratatouille, you call it whatever. Now it's an hour fifteen average. Sure, yeah. I can I can imagine. Yeah. I can and totally it's... I can totally get that. And you just need to plan for it because it would seem as though that whole bit it's significantly different telling a kid it's going to be thirty minutes before we hop on this versus an hour and 15 or whatever. Well, here's the deal. You also like w what I didn't realize when I was a kid was like my family never did. We weren't, they didn't do rides. So when I went to Disney, like if it was on, if it was a roller coaster, never fucking went on it because my mom wouldn't go on yeah. it with me. And I like was too big of a pussy to go on my own. Um, and then anything with a wait time that was longer than 30 minutes, like, well, that's like half the day. And then I, we would never go on it. So yeah. we went on what I called the improv trip. Uh, my yeah. wife and I planned and budgeted to the point where we could yes and anything that our daughter asked for. So whether it was, we want to go on this ride, like, yeah, cool, let's go on that ride and another one, let's do it. And we, so we had budgeted to purchase lightning lane passes in case we needed to. Yeah. We also, what I didn't realize when I was a kid was we needed that like hour break sometimes because we had been walking all over the park and like that hour that we waited in line, we could get our shit together, whether it would be like, you know, in our backpacks or, you know, like leaning up against things to rest our legs for the time. 
So we walked on I average. Kid, I think the kids need that as much they, as it, you do. And they did like, I never realized that as a kid, I was just walking the entire time because my parents wouldn't fucking stand in line with me because they weren't patient enough to do shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were just complaining about how bad their legs and knees hurt the entire time. So it made it miserable for me. That was the other thing that I did. And I highly suggest this for never parents. Complain. Don't ever fucking complain when you're in the park, especially don't ever yeah. let, and I told my mother and father-in-law this because they were both like, Oh, everything hurts. It's too hot. It's too like windy. It's too wet. It's too, it's going to rain. And I was like, no, don't, don't say that around my child. I They're want like her, in a movie set. Yeah. I want her to experience all of this. I don't want her to have any inf- like be, I don't want to be influencing her experience. No, in any if, way. if she ends up coming back and be like, I love Disney, but it was hot. Yeah, I'm like, like well, fuck were you that. really hot? Were you hot or did someone tell you you were hot? And that's exactly it. So I told them yeah. on the first day that we were there, they were like, Brian, you were such a trooper. You were just carrying, because I had my backpack and my camera and everything with me. They're like, you were a trooper. You just kept going on and on. And I was like, because it's a yes and trip. Like, I go, my legs can fall off before I will say anything bad while we're in the park about my body hurting. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, when we got home, Dude, I smelled like a fucking pharmacy. I had icy hot on my hips and on my knees you, and on my you ankle. Were, you were yes knowing it. I was I was no knowing it is what it was. When I came home, at one point, so my my mother in law, father in law came with us. They flew with us from Dallas. Then my my wife's San Antonio family met us down there, um, including my wife's ninety year old grandmother. Okay, she didn't yeah. come to the parks with us, but she was in the house with us. And if you want a quick tour of the coolest room in the fucking house, go check out our TikTok page at No Beer Left Cast on TikTok. Oh, shit, TikTok. <laughs> no, that's what that. Remember that video that I showed you on oh, uh, yes, Telegram? Yes, 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 yes. So I posted sorry. it. I, I don't remember. The it was long. Said that was the grandma's. Page. Okay. No, there. sorry, sorry. No, uh, if you want the coolest, like, it was fucking sick where we stayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that, all that to say, uh, like I wasn't. I wasn't when I came home at the end of the day, I wasn't hanging out with that family. Like, and I told them on the first day, I was like, I'm very sorry if when I come home, I'm very like, I go straight to bed, but I need that. Cause otherwise I won't make it through this. So I'm rubbing icy hot on all my joints and taking a leave by the fistful. And like, fuck it. I, we walked 32 or 34 miles in our five days in Orlando. Yeah. And my it's daughter serious business. My daughter walked every bit of that with us, never complained once. So I'm like But I, I think I think there's a certain sense of euphoria that like kids get because I remember it. Like I remember, dude, before so Disney used to release, I don't know if they still do, but you used to be able to get on VHS <laughs> the tours of the park. Yep, they still do it. It's on Disney Plus, and that's exactly okay. what my daughter watched for Epcot and got super stoked. And I was like, sweetie, she was like, there were some words, not that way. There were some words that popped up at the beginning. And she goes, what do those words say, dad? Because they popped up and they went away. And I was like, well, sweetie, it's saying that what you're about to see is a very specific experience for this show. And you're not to expect that experience when you go to Epcot. She goes, what does that mean? I was like, they shut down the park for this video for these, these, you know, teen celebrities who are hot right now to go yeah. and do all these experiences. And I was like, and these experiences are not guaranteed to everybody. So what I'll say is and I, man, I wish I could find these VHSs. I know they're somewhere in the family, but they used to film just a general day at Disney without actors. 
it was just a like a a i'm guessing they had helicopters and they had boom mics and shit but um you would get the experience of disney via vhs right, right. and it's like it, and and every every park had its own vhs that was like 40 minutes long and my my dad brought that home when we were like getting ready to move to america in like 1993 or 4 we didn't move until 97 but he brought that home very early on where he was like it's it's really going to happen we just need you know a couple things to go right and i'm going to get the kids excited by telling them we're going to disney and i need them to know what disney is because back then only americans knew what disney was we right. all watched disney videos and shit but we didn't know what disney world was so he brought home these these videotapes and brought home a video um what a vhs player that wasn't VCR. hal it was ntsh ntsc yeah ntsc um and that was the most bullshit shit because back in the day i used to have video game console was ntsc and i lived in a country that only sold pal uh -huh. so my dad had to bring my video games home you know and like this this whole thing and i had an inverter yep. i was one of the first people to have a video game like a playstation one in south africa period but it needed an inverter it needed all this shit. so all this goes to say um i had access to these videos and these tapes just made Disney, and it's still to this day, like I swear if I watch it, Disney just becomes this magical place. And it's magical. Yeah. It's a magical place. Um, and it, it, their marketing is so good. And But when you go, there's certain parts of it as an adult that you're like, man, this kind of sucks. But your kid walked 30, whatever, six miles with you because it was all magical. Yep. And and that's the thing that people need to remember. Disney is not there for your thirty-six year old balls. Yeah, no. Disney is there for like the seven to fifteen, fourteen year olds. That's what Disney is there for. Yeah, like, maybe even maybe even like twelve year olds. You know, like it's there is a specific time period when this becomes like a world. Everybody else can appreciate it, Dude. but if you're in that sweet spot, do not do not try to ruin it for the the you know those those kids it's it's just like i went there when i was 10 it was the greatest fucking thing like yep. the greatest thing and and <clears throat> universal studios was just getting built um one of their primary attractions was this like house of horrors which i would never and still to this day probably would never go into it was on church street in in universal studios like uh, city walk yeah and I, I'm sure it's still there. Um, and it, it was like in its infancy. And it was the first time. We don't have that stuff in South Africa, right? Like where I grew up, this wasn't a thing. So we get out of this like house of horrors, which I didn't go in, yeah. mind you. <laughs> and all of a sudden I hear a chainsaw going off, chasing people outside of this house. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? So it's like the entire thing. Universal does a great job of it. Disney does a great job of it. Like that whole bit is just immersion. And, and as a kid, you just, you believe it more yep. than an adult ever would. And you shouldn't deprive a kid from that. Like it's. Here's what I will say. Coolest shit. It's the coolest shit. Like I remember Goofy giving me his 
goofy ass autograph, yep. which they all sign the exact same way. Yep, because they have <laughs> giant gloves on and they can't even fucking see what they're writing. Exactly. Yeah. No. Uh, here's what I'll say. But if you don't sign it that way, you don't get to be goofy. Yeah. Like I don't think people even understand. Like these are a hundred and twenty thousand dollar a year employees doing this. Like these are well paid people. Here's what I will say: Aladdin, Jasmine, Merida, and Bell. My child got to meet all of them and like get get her picture taken with all of them. And I mind you, I named real people, not people in costume or you know people in like uh, fucking giant heads and shit. Yeah, no, these people don't have any. Yeah, there's, there, that's them. Yeah. They are the just people. Just makeup, just makeup. Um, it's some of the fucking coolest, kindest, goddamn, yeah. most in touch with reality people that I have ever yeah. seen interact with a child. It was amazing. Like the coolest thing was when my daughter got done talking. When she got done talking to Belle, she came up to me like we're walking out of the out of the little meet and greet place. My daughter's like. Bell made me feel so magical. And I was like, fucking great. I go, how did she make you feel magical? She was like, she just told me that I looked amazing and that I was so smart. Like all the shit that I tell her on a regular basis, but because it came from someone who looks exactly like goddamn a cartoon character, she was like, oh, I'm going to start reading tonight. I'm going to read all my books that I need to read for school. Like all this shit. I'm like, fucking great. Wonderful. Amazing. Pay that person everything that she that you can fucking pay afford to pay her because it is goddamn great. Here's the last thing I'll say about Disney. Okay, so we talked about Magic Kingdom, talked about Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios is goddamn great. It made a custom lightsaber. It was fucking dope. Um, got to relive and live out my fucking Star Wars fantasies. It was. I'm just gonna amazing. say before Star Wars, that place was garbage. Yeah, I'm sure. I know it was. Um, uh, Epcot drank my face off. It was great. One place we haven't talked about is my favorite park was animal, animal kingdom. Animal kingdom is my fucking favorite park. It was is it because, okay. But the, it's not because of the rides it's because of the animals. It's because of the whole fucking thing, man. So I went, when I got home, I like, I'd, I, I, I made a deal with myself that before we landed in Dallas, I was going to have all the photos edited that I took on this trip. Okay. Okay. Good luck. I, I did on the right on the flight back. I edited the last of the photos and got them all like, ready for upload but editing what do you mean like just adjusting light adjusting light color making sure the cropping were, was done correctly okay, and, okay um i mean you're not you're not editing background colors and stuff oh i did on some of them <laughs> like i i edited out an, or i edited in an entire like galaxy sky on one of the photos that i took with my lightsaber it was that's fucking that's sick. impressive yeah no anyway I mean, it's more than i would um well, or commit to. then I started blowing up photos once I got home because of because of the tree of life at Animal Kingdom. You know, the tree that's yeah. in the center of the park looks the best way. I, like it is the most Disney shit I've ever seen because you looking know, at a it, real, like there's a real tree like that. Hold up. Hold up. Yeah, okay. So you look at it, you know that it is fake. You know that it, there's no tree in life that grows one that fucking large um, and like with carvings of animals throughout 360 okay, degrees. Okay, the carving shirt, not a thing. Uh, no. Right. Um, and it also like has rides and shit under it, so no, not sure. real. Anyway, you know, but it looks so fucking real. And then also, as you pointed out, it's based off of a real tree. Here's There's the a deal. real tree that looks just like Here's that. Here's the deal. 
there are real trees that look very similar to that on the fucking park. And you see them sure. in the safari, which is fucking awesome. One of the longest waits that we had, the longest wait we had at Animal Kingdom was waiting for the safari. Fucking amazing. Fucking worth every goddamn second of waiting yeah. to see all the wildlife that was in the park in fucking different regions. So it's all based in, it's like an African safari, but these animals do not all live in the same fucking region when like in the wild, but they all live in the same safari ride there at animal kingdom. No, they do. They do a good job. They like in, in terms of keeping the habitat like vast and sprawling and available to the animals and fucking amazing. Maintaining the animals. They do a really good job of that. Amazing. I think that's also the largest park they have. Yes. And when you walk yeah. it, it fucking feels like it. Cause it is like, I think we walked about 10 or 11 miles there that day. Yeah. And Cause the animals need that space to roam. It's like a, yeah. it's a true, they brought in the world's like best, uh, veterinarians and conservationists and whatnot. And they all agreed to like, how do you lay this out if you're doing it responsibly? It's, it's an impressive feat, honestly. It's, what they did is really it's good. It's wild. Uh, the coolest park, coolest scenery, um, yeah. also the coolest, literally temperature-wise. And We went on the hottest day, and between about 11 and 1, it was almost unbearably hot. However, outside of those hours, because there's so, much, there's so, so many trees and so much shade, it's so fucking nice. Yeah. So fucking nice. I I had a blast there. Anyway, I took pictures of the the trees, the type I forget, I don't even remember what the name of the tree, the type of tree was um that the tree of life is based off of, but they did have several of them in the safari area and what makes them so cool is they don't have a lot of them don't have leaves. Uh but they store water constantly. Yep. To the point where elephants will stab them with their tusks to get to draw water out of the trunk. Uh, okay, so, and, so I'll give you a hint. Yeah, I just wanted to confirm it because I couldn't. You know, haven't been on safari in quite some time. <clears throat> um, the little prince spoke very highly of this tree. The little prince. What symbol? Yeah. The little prince, le petit prince. It's a really good book if you have never read it. It's, it actually, it's a children's it. story. Okay. The Baobab. Is that the name of the tree? It's a, it's a, it's a Baobab tree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they store a lot of moisture in their trunk to protect their inner um, sanctum, as it were, keep themselves moisturized. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, man, Disney is just the coolest thing because they, they have zero reason to spare any expense and they don't ever. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate it for the experience. I just really wish that they would, in some capacity, make the parks a little bit more accessible. It, it, it honestly is a shame that there's this whole, you know, and I understand it's a business. It's, I'm not trying to make it not be a business. It is a shame that we don't have the access that our parents used to have yeah. um, to those same experiences. Cause it, it's, Honestly, now Disney is say either you save up for damn near seven years. To I was going to say we saved. Into it. We saved hardcore, and with some help of the like our our tenth anniversary cruise that got canceled, uh, 
because of COVID, we used that money plus two years of savings to go on this trip. Yeah. That was fucking it, it a used, lot. It used to not be that way. Yeah. I was going to say, my, Disney, my, Disney used to be affordable. My parents like put it, put the a hotel stay, you know, we talked about, you know, where uh, I watched uh, TWA Flight 800 crash, um, got some, got some <laughs> French Disney mind shrapnel. Literally, it's a movie. You yeah, need to probably just start writing down what happened on that global trip. Yeah. <laughs> around america and then uh <laughs> include disney in there as a very specific episode i think it's a it's a multi-part, multi-part. series but yeah. disney is like the climax uh but they and new, we, no, actually new york might be the climax but disney yeah. slows uh they they were able to do that on like way less than a credit card you know they didn't yeah. even max out a credit card to do it whereas now like fuck that like we didn't stay on park we we were lucky enough to stay at an airbnb with my in-laws and like they paid for that part of it, but still, it was a motherfucker. I access yeah. and honestly park, access. Park access is, is ridiculous. It is. And Dude, it's insane. I mean, there's if you, no if way you can get in. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, and it's not like everybody can go in the off season. Like no. it's not comfortable. And we had to take our kid now when she's in first grade because we know that like if we take her out of school in fifth grade, She's going to fucking like a week's of a week worth of school in fifth grade matters. Yeah. Matters. Yeah. We're in first grade. She's got this shit. We can figure it out. Yeah. I just don't, I, I mean, I, that's the part I find the most unfortunate is how expensive it has gotten because yeah. a day ticket for an adult at a park now is like 260 bucks or some ridiculous amount. Well, of money. don't, don't act like it's, it's because, okay. So I said the same thing. I was like, Oh, an adult's this much. A kid is like $20 less. I shit you no, I, I get yeah, sure, sure, but I mean, it's it's, it's actually a very expensive. similar feeling that I have towards snowboarding and skiing. Like all of these things that I did at a reasonable cost, it, mind you, not cheap, but still affordable. As a college kid, you could still do it. Yeah, uh, like Breckenridge. I looked the other day. A single day lift ticket at Breck this coming season is going to be something like two hundred and twenty dollars. Breck is open from eight until four p.m. That's that, that, you cannot tell me that you can snowboard enough to justify that price. That's like a lot, that man. is an insane amount of money for whatever eight hours of snowboarding. Get the hell out of here! I'll just go down my bunny hill or not snowboard at all. <laughs> you're just you're literally just pricing people out of it. Yeah, like it's you're just pricing folks out of being able to ever enjoy that sport so here's what i'll say like it seems like that uh you you have moments like you mentioned you have moments where you are at disney and you're like oh this sucks there are moments where you feel like i might have spent too much on this or like this might have been a waste or might be wasted on uh you know a kid that won't remember this but here's the deal when you look around the park and you realize that you don't see any trash, you look around the park and you see people smiling consistently, like both visitors and employees. And then you know what you know about employees and like cat or sorry, cast members and like their benefits that they receive and the fucking like they're genuinely as well taken care of as they can possibly be. You're like every, you feel like at least that every penny of this that I just spent, is being spent the best possible way. And then when you go to, when you go to animal kingdom and you realize that everybody's ticket is being don't like a portion, a significant portion of everybody's ticket is 
being put toward wildlife maintain like maintenance and like or whatever the like uh, wildlife funds that they have set up for these endangered or um, at risk yeah. uh, at risk species. Yeah, well, yeah. they have some extinct species in there, like only in in captivity. Yeah, I didn't realize that that was that was the case at Magic or at Animal Kingdom. But yeah, they said that like, I think it's like seven different species of animal are extinct outside of captivity or endangered outside of captivity. Yeah, that are there at at Disney. And you're like, what the fuck are we talking? I saw white rhinos, by the way. Uh, kick it over to our uh, uh, wine not cast. Uh, uh, I saw white rhinos in captivity, and I was like, hell yeah! Look at look at rhino run. Being- they're beautiful too. Like they're so big. Those horns are like they're majestic. Like, they're pristine as shit. Saw some springbok yeah. there too. It was pretty cool. Yeah. They weren't anywhere close to. Uh, as big as you thought they would be? No, no, no. They weren't anywhere close to the fucking our safari. Oh, okay, right. fair enough. Well, they're now, as small as you saw them. Oh, no. They're, <laughs> they're, I know. These things are about as big as my dog. Around. I was going to say, they're fucking tiny. I didn't realize. So we went on a safari in Pensacola. There is a free-range zoo there um, that we went to. It's like the largest free-roam zoo uh, for like in the eastern United States or some shit. Anyway, they had Springbuck there, and they walked right up to the fucking train. And I oh, was like, cool. they're like smaller than greyhounds. It's but no, but that, that actually does, does it, it puts a good, like, you know, approval to what Disney's doing. If they're not tame like that, it means they yeah. have enough room to roam. They, they can hide from whatever they're trying to hide from. Yeah. yeah it's, I, I, I mean, dude, I'll never speak poorly about Disney. I think Disney does everything that they can at, about a hundred and fifty-five percent effort. Yep, and they get probably about eighty percent of the return that they think they'll get. Um, but they get probably about seven hundred percent from the people that they care to get from. You yeah, know, like because the parents will always complain. Like I, I, I just I've never seen a parent, and the, the qualms that I'm bringing up are things that I've only noticed as an adult. Right, like right. It's like man, it's expensive to go to Disney. It's unfortunate that it is that, but if you are able to afford it, your kid's going to get 700% out of your like 10% complaint. Yeah. You know, like, well, and that, that was, so that's, that was that's the, the thing about it. It's just a magical place. It's incredible. There's nothing like Disney on planet earth. It's just Disney. When we got <laughs> back uh, and got settled in, we were asking our daughter like, okay, what was your, what'd you like most? What did you not like most? Excuse me. And it boiled down to like all the things that she liked most were at Disney and like the things that she did not like all involved travel. And this is the first time that she had ever flown. It was the first time uh, that we, you know, taken a trip like this. So all her complaints were based around, were based around travel and it was like perfect scenario for us. Um, Frank, I will, I will, I, 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 was I know you took your headphones off for a second. I was I was explaining to the people the, the people how my daughter's only complaint was about traveling, uh, and this is her first time flying on a plane. She handled it like a champ. Um, the in laws decided to steal her away on our Southwest flight back. Um, they decided, oh, sit up front with us because we got on the flight early because we're all disabled and stuff. So my daughter sat between them on the flight back didn't tell us that they were going to do that. And I looked at my wife and I was like, this is a bad idea. My wife was like, yeah, it's a terrible idea. So 
they were like, no, 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 let her sit with us. It'll be fine. Cool. We get in the air and I'm like, I look at my wife and I go, she's up there with them. I'm sitting next Cocktail? to I'm sitting next to you. <laughs> I'm sitting next to this giant man who's like six six. <laughs> Smells good though, so whatever. I and mean, he's not hogging my armrest. He's leaning over the aisle and talking to his buddy across the aisle. Whatever. I go, that what's happening up front right now, whatever it is, not our fucking problem. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Yeah. And I go, I opened my backpack that I had I had under my seat. And I showed her the air sick bag that I had. I had a special plastic uh, air sick or car sick bag that I had for my daughter. I showed them the Dramamine that I had for my daughter. And I go, we got all of this back here that they will eventually need. Let's let them figure this out on their own. And sure as shit, final approach to Dallas Love Field was... I, I'm going to say unnecessarily rough. Like the pilot was trying to beat some fucking record <laughs> because he was like, fucking bank it. I don't give a shit. Let's see how far we can go before these wings fall off because it was rough. Like no need to be. Wasn't windy. Wasn't cloudy. No storms. Just fucking came in hot. And my daughter yacked everywhere, which I did not like for my daughter. I felt really bad, but I was like, you know what? You get what you get here. You 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 wanted to take her. You didn't want to take any of the precautions that we had. You're like, no, no, no. We're gonna steal. They stole her from us as we were boarding the plane. Okay. Oh, wait one second. So she threw up at the front of a Southwest flight, like oh, I yeah. mean, food and all. I don't know what she threw up. I I didn't ask any. You didn't details. even look. You were just no, nope, because not my problem. Because I didn't realize that that it happened. Until we Until got to got baggage off. point, baggage claim, or like outside the oh. fucking plane, and I was like, I looked at her shirt. She's not wearing a mask. I go, what happened? Where? What? What? What the fuck is happening? And she was like, I threw up. And I was like, Oh my god, fuck. Okay, son of a bitch. And I get mad at my in-laws for letting this happen. And then I'm like, Okay, you know what? This is all gonna be fine. This isn't even a thing. This, this isn't is gonna be thing. fine. Everything's fine. Thing. Yeah, I wasn't there living the embarrassment that that was. That, that was, yeah, good. or cleaning up after. You know what? Perfect. We're good. We're everything's everything's dandy now. What was not dandy, Frank? This is one of my another one of my grinds my gears is when people say some shit that is so dumb and incorrect that it sticks with you, it sticks in your craw, if you will. Mm-hmm. We're bored. Not even. This goes a bit beyond Epcot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. We're getting on the plane. We're boarding our fucking return flight home. And we're in the fucking family section. Because, you know, when you fly Southwest, there's no seat assigned seats. But they at least allow families with kids under six mm-hmm. to, like, board a plane together before your actual boarding time or whatever so that you can sit together. We're in the family line. My daughter's behaving perfectly. She's a goddamn angel. We walk onto the plane. We scan our boarding passes. And I hear this lady right before we go into the tunnel. And she says, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. died. And I go, what? Like, I stop. That's all right. I go, hold on. What? And she, like, the person she's. The person. Iron Man. Holy shit, Frank. The person she's talking to goes, like, obviously asks her what. And she goes, yeah, Iron Man died. 
I can't believe it. The guy who played Iron Man died. And I'm like walking onto the plane. I'm like, hold the fuck. I'm what? Hold on. And I'm pulling out my phone. And I'm Googling. There's no way. I was like, there's no fucking way. I would have gotten an alert about this. Someone would have yeah, talked no, no. about it. Fucking, they would shut down CNN. Yeah. Well, like, find people to talk about. They'd have been like, COVID what? There's no goddamn. No. Joe Biden is. is like, could you believe Iron Man died today? Yeah. No. Everybody is like, elections be damned. Mm-hmm. Iron Man fucking died, and we all thought he was yeah, going to die. Yeah, would be like, "Peace be to Iron Man." I'm yeah. not giving my gubernatorial <laughs> debate tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to get my ass kicked by. Him. He's he fucking does the Wakanda Forever sign, and it's like <laughs> Iron like, Man, right, guys? That's Iron Man. Yeah, you're like, no, that's not it, you dumbass. That's, that's not okay. it. Okay, yeah, yeah. maybe so, stand up next time. I spent the fucking first ten minutes of this flight googling. Fucking Iron Man <laughs> die? What is that? And you got trolled. I got fucking trolled by some dumbass just sitting. I, I don't even know where she was flying. I don't think she, she meant the man in the iron mask died. She just got him confused. She's got him confused fucking 500 years apart. Leonardo DiCaprio just. Oh, you know. I was talking about the book. <laughs> no, she was like, ah, oh, man, I meant the man in the iron mask died because Leonardo got his face back. God damn it. Dude. <laughs> I could. I was like, wait, didn't Iron Man die in one of the Marvel movies? I was like, maybe he did. Yeah, he he took the the nuclear weapon up into space and then came back and then he resuscitated and then he died via the iron fist thing that he took up with Thanos the and then he really died. Died. That makes there was sense. like there was like a double double a double death. death there, but yeah, he died the second. Hosted time. by He's Mark no Summers. No longer part of the Marvel universe. He's hosted dead. hosted by Mark Summers called Double Death. Yeah, that's correct. You get it's fisted correct. up the And then the Keenan and Kel come out every once in a while, and they're like, oh, Coolio's gone. Oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Taken, taken too soon. Uh, I guess <laughs> okay. the Lord needed so, no, another on, on, crazy hair rapper. I'm not going to make fun of it. It's obviously tragic, but um, is there anybody here who thought Coolio would live to be 59? I didn't. I almost shit my pants that he almost made it to sixty. Like, I mean, to be to be frank, not because I'm frank, but to be frank, wasn't Coolio um, on some like MTV documentary where he was collecting? Food he was stamps? doing crack. Yeah, he was like standing in line to collect food stamps so he could eat. Brother, and I was like, I'm, I'm not even. I, I mean, I, I, okay, was he talented? Supremely so. Gangster's Paradise was as good as Funkmaster Flex. Uh, sorry, sorry, not Funkmaster. Why do I keep saying that? God damn it. Grandmaster Flash, the message. Like, it was an incredible song. Uh, wait, I want to stand correct. I think that was Old Dirty Bastard that I got confused with Coolio. No, Coolio. Coolio okay, so Coolio, yes. Your your version of events might be wrong, but Coolio was also addicted to some hardcore drugs. Um, and he was on an MTV show and admitted to it. But um, <clears throat> Yeah, it was Old Dirty any, Bastard. Yeah. In any, any event... Um, Anybody from that era, not named, I don't know, Doctor Jay-Z. or Master, <laughs> or, or yeah, or, or, or Jay Z, you know, like you're talking about a, a select few. If they made it to sixty, you were like, okay. I mean, they sang about making it to twenty four. His most famous song is like, I don't know if I'm going to make it to twenty four. So <laughs> let's be real here, you know, like. I mean, Coolio, he didn't even think he was making it. He was 59 and then passed away. Unfortunate circumstances. It sounded like he had a heart attack with a condition he didn't know about. Um, But yeah, man, I mean, RIP to, to, to Coolio. He was definitely a fucking awesome rapper. He wrote one of the greatest 
TV theme songs of all time. Correct. You know, Cal. Fuck will yeah. never be. Oh. Now, I'll just say the, the, the back end of that song was lazy. Well, okay, but it was... The lead-in was great. The lead-in, that's what mattered. It wasn't like it was going to yeah. be a fucking three-minute like, drop. Let's see what's live. And you're like, oh, my God. I'm sorry. No, what it was was like the ink dried on the check, and he was like, he's singing the entire time, and then he looks at, he's like, that's it. That's all that this fuck. That let's see what's live. Let's get the fuck out of here. I'm just telling you, the end of it is the most pathetic ending to to a theme song. But yes, the rest of it is fucking gold. And yeah, it's it's a great theme song. It's one of the best ever. Um, Also, it's unfortunate because I think if if folks weren't um okay if the background of, to 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 uh, gangster's paradise wasn't as catchy because it's for a movie um people wouldn't actually remember it for the lyrics because people don't remember it for the lyrics as a walk through the valley of the shadow of death but that's, I take a but look that's all people know and realize there's nothing left what yes. like fucking 9 year old brian that was shit was deep but if if so you wait deep. So if you go down that path, right, and you mm-hmm. like listen to the whole song, not just like, you know, the refrain and those pieces, it is an incredibly introspective about the situation, about the projects, everything. Fantastic song. And that's why I, I compare it to the message by Grandmaster Flash, because if you look at the message, people know the message for, you know, the refrain where he's like, um, sometimes I I take a look at my life and sorry, I've got him mixed up now. That's not the right one. <laughs> he he's like, uh, give me a second. So this is like two hours ago. I don't know why I forgot the, the 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 lyrics, but Grandmaster Flash wrote this about like the pressure of growing up, and it's the one where he goes, "Don't push me because I'm close to the edge." Right? Can you hear me? Right? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm sorry. I was trying not to cough. For some reason, my my whole computer froze. Oh, okay. Um, But he he just says, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. And then he says, it's like a juggle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. And that's like the reframe, right? So a lot of the times when they play this in the club, they just play the... And then it's like it's like a juggle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Like that's normally what they play. But if you actually go listen to the song, the song is true hip hop. And I'm just I, I I hate that people disconnect, you know, some of the art from the commercialization of the art because it's it's very difficult to do that today with how music spreads and how people listen to music back in the day i mean grandmaster flash uh coolio's gangster's paradise you know you could just put that in a movie and put just the underlying you know beat yeah yeah i think that's all people good no no and, and people just would never know where that came from I think it's like, man, that's a cool, that's a cool, cool background track. I think that's the, like what you've mentioned is the same for all art. Like as it becomes more commercialized, that become, as it becomes more like available, uh, outside of the original like setting, it loses a lot of meaning. Like look at art, like paintings 
like the Sistine Chapel. Like people look at it and they're like, ah, it's nothing. But when you go to fucking visit it in its medium, in the the setting uh, that it that was originally painted in, you're like, holy shit, this is fucking impressive. This motherfucker laid on his back at the ceiling for fucking weeks to paint this. That's fucking amazing. But then, like, the same goes for something like Gangster's Paradise. When you hear it in a movie or you hear it on a soundtrack, you're like, yeah, it's a pretty fucking sick song. But when you listen to it in your headphones, one-on-one, when you get to actually dissect what's what you're listening to, it has a different meaning. The same goes for movies. Yeah, and, like, that was true. that was a lot of people's biggest gripe when HBO became a thing, was that they were like, oh, people watching these films in their living room don't get the same experience of watching it in a movie theater with a bunch of other people. And like, while yes, that's true. What it does is it also opens that medium up to that a introduces lot it. Yeah, wider audience. And like, for me, I would have never heard Coolio's gangster's paradise. If it wasn't in fucking whatever movie that was, uh, fucking something lies, dangerous, uh, dangerous minds, dangerous minds. Yeah. Uh, but like it, because it was on the soundtrack, my cousin had it. And because yeah. my cousin had it, I got to listen to it uh, at Thanksgiving. And like, I fucking, I wasn't, I hate to break it to y'all people, I wasn't a rap kid when I was when I was younger. That wasn't a thing that my fucking, like, that I was exposed to. Not because of any other reasons other than my fucking cultural surroundings. It was yeah, uh, country exactly. and western were the two genres. It's, it's, uh, it actually circles back to the recipe thing. Yeah. Right? Like, it's if it's not in your direct sphere of influence, how would you know how to make the perfect fucking spaghetti bolognese? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't. It wouldn't fucking make any sense. Uh, but like, yeah, no, because I was exposed to it then, I got to hear it, and it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't in the the director's intended purpose. I, I didn't see it in conjunction with the film, but because it was on the soundtrack with a bunch of other shit that I didn't listen to, uh, I got to listen to that. And I was like, Oh, this fucking Coolio guy is something else. And then when I saw him on Keenan and Kel fucking rapping the intro song, I was like, Holy shit. It's the fucking gangsta's paradise guy. And like, yeah. I almost had like a, a 10 year old conniption fit just like connecting dots that I would have never been exposed to if it was But that's the thing. That's kind of the thing, right? Is like, um, I would urge folks to go just, if you think, you know, gangster's paradise, go listen to it with the lyrics. But then also if you've heard, and I mean, I am not even kidding you. You have heard the underlying music to the message by funk master flex. You almost, there's no fucking way you have avoided this this long in your life. But I can guarantee you, you've probably never listened to the song. Yeah. And you should, because that song describes a, a monumental turn in, in, in societal influence by hip-hop <clears throat> and how hip-hop could influence kids on the projects to do and aim and want to be greater and, you know, like, it's it, it, i would i would just urge people to to really like if if you enjoy hip hop go listen to to you know grandmaster flash go listen obviously run dmc they're far more popular but um it's i just always find it fascinating cuz i rock him that's my fucking go to rock him as well yeah like it, i i find it i find it interesting because just like i get into the bowels of youtube for um cooking YouTube is also one of my greatest avenues for exploring music that I didn't even know existed or that I'd be interested in. 
connecting um, connecting musical dots is what I use. Exactly, exactly. So I would just suggest you know go go explore because like you might not know who Coolio is, but you should go find out who Coolio is if you see so many people going, "Holy shit, he's dead." You know, like it, it, that to you should spark something to be like, man, I should either figure out who Coolio is. Was. I hate to say or that. Or sorry, was. Um, because there's the, the story of art is so much bigger than an individual person. But you should understand where they fit in. And Gangster's Paradise fit in in the same manner that literally one of the greatest hip hop songs of all time, The Message, Grandmaster Flash, fits it's in that same vein. It is so important to that era, but it's not Tupac. It's not Biggie. You know, you're talking about the original influencers of of the art form, just as Dre influenced the beat side of it. Coolio, Flash, DMC, like all these people, they they influenced the lyrical side, and and. I just find it's it's fascinating, dude. It's fascinating because then you have trash that you have today, and you're like, man, what of this trash matters? And I'm sure there was trash back then. It just never made it to the mainstream. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> every now and then you hear some shit today that you're like, that is actually great. Legit. It's great, yeah. and then it will never be heard from again. But then, but, so, so, but so, then but, you but, hear but, from like like the same way that MF Doom existed mm-hmm. in the mid '90s, and like people today myself included are like oh, i'm sorry mf doom said what that's mm-hmm. fucking amazing you realize this person has been fucking had been rapping for 20 something years and i didn't know of them until well, the they metal mass away yeah and, and if you're looking for the underground scene at the moment i'd say rhyme sayers any any rhyme sayers artist uh rhyme sayer records is their mainstream underground um and there's there's a lot of good hip-hop out there there's 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 just no doubt about it um but only like i I think influence matters mainstream and moves uh, like artistry right like yes you know for the beatles they're like oh one of our biggest influences was jerry and the pacemakers Okay, that was not a thing outside of England. <laughs> like most right. people don't even know. Outside of the song, you'll never walk alone. You've never heard of this fucking band. Yeah, if you know more about the skiffle bands than you do, <laughs> get, fuck, get fucked. So, so there's always the undertone of influence. But I think... Well, here's what I will say. You need, you need to know kind of in these genres, there, there, are, there are people that matter, and Coolio mattered. Coolio mm-hmm. mattered... And it wasn't because he was a good person. He probably was. I don't know. I've never met him. But his artistry, when that happened, when Gangster's Paradise, that whole album, when that happened, it mattered. He was fucking the pinnacle of the 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 the, the genre. And then Tupac happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say this. Listeners, if you're out there and you've been confused by what Frank said about the message... And you were like, oh, I think I know the message. And in reality, you were thinking about The Reason by Hoobastank. I'm going to need you to unsubscribe from us. Reevaluate. Stop fucking listening to us. Um, and lose, if you have my number personally in your phone, delete it. 
lose my number and uh, get fucked because uh, that's almost what I did when you were like the message was like the reason by Hoobastank is that what we were oh, talking good about? Good lord! And then no, like, dude. No, no I, I mean I it's okay. It's about. okay. Like I, th- I find like because music is so um it's personal as fuck it's very personal but it's also very fluid um there are are things that people are like hey personalities fluid well no 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 it's like some someone the other day told me go listen to this and tell me you know what you think of it and i was like oh and i can't remember exactly what it was i'd have to look back at my text messages but i was like oh man like that was a huge influence on uh, uh, on Biggie, and he's like, "Yeah, go look at the interviews. That was who Biggie based his, you know, his style off of." And it's it's just it's a thing of beauty. Like I I don't see it. Like yeah, okay, some occasionally someone doesn't get their credit. MF Doom, whatever. The artistry is the thing, and and it's the beauty of the whole game. Sometimes people just get more credit for it because the time is right. But it's no different than a small business owner doing something and someone being like, man, that's really cool. Let me do something similar, but in a different town. And then they blow up like, like universal and Disney, you know, exactly. And I just think, I think that, that to me is appreciating. No, you're right. You're right. Because look at Bush gardens. They're about to file for bankruptcy and they started right around the same time. Yep. So it's it's totally accurate and i think it's the beauty of it is the odds while they're never in your favor you can influence people you can you know have an impact and that's the cool thing is like jerry and the pacemakers when they stopped making music probably had no idea the influence they had on the beatles yeah. Until John Legend, John Legend, John, the I'm famous sorry. member John, of the Beatles, John Lennon <laughs> went on an interview in the early early eighties, I believe, and said, "Yeah, one of my biggest influences was Jerry and the Pacemakers." Jerry and the Pacemakers. I think their last album came out in like seventy two. So it's it's like well, one it of those would have had to been real cool early in the eighties because John Lennon was killed in December of nineteen eighty. Maybe it was more like 79. <laughs> but look, look at when Jerry know, and the Pacemakers stopped making music. It was, I think it was like 72 or 73 is when they stopped. Um, and wonderful band, got several of their vinyls. But it's not something that unless you were in the English Commonwealth or part of it, you would ever know about. Like this band was... The only thing they're famous for today is the Liverpool song. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, Frank. Um, I, I enjoy talking music with you. I really do. Uh, and I, I want to apologize for fact-checking you on the Lennon death. The only reason I no, did that no, is because you said early 80s, and I was like, dude, pretty sure he died in 1980. I just want to make sure that no one is listening to this and being like, these motherfuckers don't know shit know. about fuck. He did. He did a. He did an interview. It might have been seventy eight, seventy nine, um, but he did an interview about the Beatles and you know why he wasn't going back and why yeah. they'd never get back together, etc. And that's where they were talking about, as far as I can Jerry recall, where he was talking about the, the the biggest influencers to his music, and he brought up Jerry and the Pacemakers. And honestly, if you if you want to go listen to something very interesting, listen to. 
You'll Never Walk Alone, and Tell Me That's Not One of the Best Songs Ever Written. Um, and it's not, it's not because the music is complex. It's not because the lyrics are, you know, highbrow and immaculate. It's because the emotion behind the song is someone sat in their living room and wrote that. That's not someone who, you know, has gone through a life of royalty. There's, there's pain behind that song. And that's music to me. That's music that matters to me the same way Gangster's Paradise does, the same way the message does. That's stuff that I can resonate with, empathize with. I might not have lived it, but I can understand it. That to me is music. Um, whether or not you enjoy it, that's up to you. It's okay. It's I mean, fine it's, if you don't it goes, enjoy it. It goes back to the recipe thing that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. as well. Like, listen, it's capturing a part of of society and some people's society is mumble rap on SoundCloud, a.k.a. Cheesy Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. And other people's are, you know, Hoobastank's The Reason. And that's like a nice filet mignon that's reverse seared uh, with blue cheese and like a <laughs> you, mushroom sauce. You, you, don't even, you don't even understand, right? So it's funny because on on the, the Austin Reddit, and this is my last thing before we wrap, on the Austin Reddit, someone last night was like complaining about the traffic at like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. And everybody around said, you know, oh, well, Harry Styles is doing a residency here, and that's when it gets out. Now, Harry Styles is doing nine shows, right? And he could have probably done 20 and sold them all out. By the way, I have a coworker who attended three of those shows. Okay, I would have loved to go to five of them. Yeah. fucking love Harry Styles. I was very jealous, but I'm just... Kind of a humble no, bird. Yeah, sure. That's fucking great. Um, but I was like, okay, uh, you know, odd, odd thing. You know, I thought everybody knew Harry Styles was here for a significant amount of time. Like he has a condo downtown. Yeah. So, so I was like, okay, I guess not everybody knew about it. It's fine. But like the news couldn't stop talking about it. They're like, if you find traffic this and this and this hour, it's because of the concert, whatever. So it's like, okay, I guess someone lived under a rock. It was radio news, everything, whatever. Okay, fine. Then whoever this individual was posted another thread and was like, I can't believe people are waiting in line for X number of hours for Harry Styles. And all Frank did was go in there, shuffle up a little bit. And I said, <laughs> well, I said, well, <laughs> I, was a, I didn't call him out or anything. I just said, well, clearly some people thought of their time worthy, thought their time worthy of waiting for Harry Styles enough to sell out nine shows. I mean, and, valid point. Yeah, if that didn't create a shitstorm of 2022, I don't know. <laughs> this dude was like, I just don't even get it. It's not even real music. Da, 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 da. Oh Frank just God. threw it through a little bit of gasoline on apparently a bonfire where like I mean, I've never seen opinions down, down, downvoted because all I said was some people enjoy the music, maybe chill. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go wait in line for it. No one's forcing you into the fucking arena with a gun. Uh-huh. Like, the, just, the uh, moody is right around the corner from my house, yeah, so everybody av- must avoid the it. fucking moody theater between yeah. the hours of, I don't know, Nine 6 and, and 10 p.m. and yeah. you're fine. 
nah, nah, bro, that wasn't good enough for this dude. He like triple, quadruple down on this take that Harry Styles was trash music. And come to find out, he had never listened to Harry Styles until someone was like, well, listen to this song. And he goes, exactly what I expected, manufactured pop. Da, 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 da. And I was like, ah. I could strangle, I, I, I strangle a person virtually right now. But you know there are people <laughs> there are people who were on like the same the same person was here in Dallas complaining about traffic last night. And they're like, Oh, oh my god, no I don't know why someone would fucking ever go to an Elton John concert. Precisely. <laughs> like Precisely. I don't want to listen to piano music. This is bullshit. There's well, only time that a piano is proper is if it's in class. Yeah, and then Bruce comes through and they're like, this is the greatest shit ever. And you're like, well, it's kind of the same I, genre. Whoa. What are we doing same here? Same genre, not same class, because Bruce can kiss my nuts compared <laughs> you to know what I'm saying. Like, Yeah, I know just, what you mean. I know what you it's mean. It's just one of those I was like, really, really biggest regret is not calling in every favor that I have to get tickets to see Elton John live. Yeah, I mean, I could have told you that. <laughs> Biggest, but I didn't realize that it was now. Like, I thought it was later in the uh, year that his show was coming through. No, I he's mean, done. He's, yeah. I think in, in December, he's done. He's done, done. That's well, it. I mean, he's had... I, I don't have to tell you how many fucking farewell tours he has. Yeah, but this one's but based this on one, the voice. I was going to say, based on, we're, we're at the point now. It's not based now. on his feelings. His, yeah. his vocal... We're at the point uh, now uh, in Elton John's career that we're all just thankful that he's here. And fucking loving every goddamn second. I'm so... My cousin's wife, and I think my cousin, got to go. They were third row, center stage last night. fantastic. And I've never been so jealous of a person that I should be happy for. Like, jealous and happy all at the same time. You'll never never waste money going to musicians. You will never do it. Here's the deal. How many favors you need to do, how much money you need to put down... Um, it's, it's, I, I've never, ever been disappointed in seeing some of my heroes. The best, best move that I've ever made in my career slash marriage was calling in a single favor for Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. Having no connection to Celine Dion myself personally, outside of her screaming on CNN after Katrina that we need to get those poor folks a kayak. Um, no connection to Celine beyond that, and like fucking. Of course, he's like kayak. Kayak. Uh, we need to get them like a kayak, and I was like, I fucking don't do that. Anyway, and just singing, you know, my heart will go on. I was like, fucking whatever. My wife loves Celine Dion. Let's get some tickets. When I went, it was also the last concert before COVID. It was like February twentieth. I remember that. I remember that. Fucking that concert. The only other the only other performance that I've ever seen that made me feel close to that was when I saw Les Mis live with the 25th mm-hmm. anniversary cast. So the best of the best in each role. And Jean Valjean made me fucking cry like a baby. But I mean, with Jean a Valjean sing- is... With a single note. The dude's yeah. last name was McVeigh. I forget his first name. I know it's not Timothy. I know that much. <laughs> Uh, but he was like the, the, the 1995 Broadway performer of the year. Uh, that motherfucker was on stage in the song, bring him home. And he, like, if you've seen Les Mis, you know, that Jean Valjean holds a note, a single note for like 30 seconds at least. And in that time, 
you go from like, oh my God, amazing that this is happening. I'm witnessing this to like, wow, he's still going to home openly weeping for no yeah. other reason that this man's emotions have met you in your seat as an audience member and you have no other choice but to fucking cry. And yeah. that happened at the Celine Dion concert. I had no connection to Celine Dion before that, before that show, but her fucking voice and her performance during that melted me. I was a fucking yeah. puddle. I also, the, the joy that the people around me had listening to her sing it was it goes back to that disney experience when you see your kid obviously there's a different connection there but when i hear the people around me fucking openly crying when their favorite celine dion song came on and they yeah. were singing at the top of their lungs horribly i might add but like <laughs> with like with their queen i was like this is fucking great i'm experiencing something amazing and like for people to poo poo that whether it be in reddit or in person like, don't fucking yuck my yum, dude. Don't. Like... No, and it's just who? Who do you think you are? Like, I, I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. Is like, I, I think a similar experience. I, I mean, you know, you know, my love for opera is like right. deep, and it's probably in for some reason. Um, at our age, there's just not a lot of appreciation for the tenors and for those guys, and it's fine. Like a lot of us didn't have parents that listened to it because it was also, you I know, mean, like, that's oh, a, my, my, my grandparents listened to it. Right. Like, I was going like, to say that is a legit like access thing because yes. if, unless you go out and seek it, yes, you're not going to be exposed to it. So just like, you're not going to be exposed to Gregorian chant music unless you pick it up at our local Sam Goody, or unless you accidentally <laughs> download the wrong LimeWire album, and you're like, "What is this?" And fucking so, eighteen-year-old Brian gets into Gregorian shit, and then you love it. It's awesome. It. Yeah, dude, fucking love it as well. So, but what I'll say is, like, one of the people that I didn't get to see was Pavarotti. Yeah, and Pavarotti, growing up, was my favorite opera singer. Period. It's the only one I. Had albums of, loved him. <clears throat> Didn't get to see him. Passed away when I was like 16. Um, but then, you know, because I love that type of music, the other person that I also enjoyed outside of Placido Domingo and obviously like a significant amount of other singers, one of the ones that I was like, man, I could go see them because they're still touring was Andrea Bocelli. And I went to go see him at the Moody Theater. And it's... It's a little bit different in that when you go, you know, some people know the songs, but there are few of them yeah. because they're all there for the shit that got TikToked, and I'm there for the true opera. Okay. So I show up and we're late. We're about 30 minutes late because of the traffic control problem around the Moody theater. And let me tell you, if you're going to anything, <laughs> At the Are you Moody. turned into the Reddit guy right now? <laughs> Dude, no. If you're going to anything at the Moody, you better show up like an hour beforehand. Really? Because the traffic control over there, the way 35 is set up, the mm. way they're just... Is it on the east side horrendous. of 35? No. What? It's on UT's campus, oh, which is that's the why it's fucking problem. Up. Yeah, that's the fucked up part. So, um, yeah, be prepared for that. But I show up, and they're still in the opera portion. And... 
everybody around is kind of chatting. And I'm like, why the fuck would you chat? Well, I realized these people aren't here for the opera, no. Andrea Pacelli. But I sat there, and to your point, I was just sitting there like trans, like transported True. into a different yeah. universe, right? Like this man was doing something with his voice that I came to see, and I've only ever heard, but I haven't heard the depths, you know, yeah. the, you the, don't, the clarity he, of it. Hearing it live is a different it's so connection. Different. Yeah, it's so different. So yeah, no man, I'll never rain on anybody else's parade when it comes to music. I it, there are things that I do not enjoy, and I can tell you, mumble rap is one of them. <laughs> but if people enjoy it, that's fine. In two weeks, I'm going to ACL. There's going to be plenty of things I don't enjoy, and I'll just get up and go find a different stage and find something else. But there's nothing like music. Yeah. There is nothing like it. I mean, and- we we talked about <laughs> it last year. I know when we talked about Tyler Childers putting out an entire album of nothing but fucking Appalachian, like folk music, yeah, like instru- instrumental yeah. only music. And the only song on, on an album that had lyrics was the last song and it mm-hmm. was long violent history. And like the, that was, that's probably the most recent album that like listening to in its entirety is an emotional experience mm-hmm. because you listen to all that instrumental music that like it in, it, it invites emotional responses, obviously different emotional responses to everybody because they're songs that you may have heard in your childhood and you didn't know for me at mm-hmm. least. Like I was exposed to a lot of fucking banjo picking, uh, jug playing spoons, tapping music so when I heard some of these songs, I'm like, holy shit, I haven't heard that in three decades. Mm-hmm. And then the only lyrics you hear on an album like that, it turns into a soccer match where you've seen two sides battle each other for 90 minutes and somebody comes yeah, up. And then he chooses sco- a side, yeah. You score at the end and you're like, oh my God, that was the best fucking goal I've ever seen. No. That's what the lyrics of Long Violent History are. You're like, no. I fucking... When you hear Long Violent History on its own, it's pretty clear what what you're fucking listening to and why you're listening to it. Uh, but when you hear it in the context... Yeah, but the experience matters. When you hear it in the context album, yeah. of the entire album, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. It's one of those, like, you start crying immediately. You're like, yeah. what? This man put this these people, because it's an entire band of people at that point. Yeah, but it's written by a single person. Yeah. Tyler Childers writes... Everything. He's a fucking. Uh, he's, he's a genius. The, Absolute the genius. closest to a folk genius that we have. Uh, him, mm-hmm. Like people. No, he's talking, he's got Bob Dylan esque levels of. People talk about Sturgill, but that's because like Sturgill Simpson has been on popular things. People talk about Nathaniel Rateliff because he's been on popular things and has a story. No. But Tyler Childers is a whole different beast altogether. No, he's he's Bob Dylan. He is doing his own thing. Like it's Bob Dylan was not respected period yeah. like well when he went electric it, like there's literally when no, you no, s- wait 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 the, the person that got him respect was Jimi hendrix well i was gonna say because there was an entire so i <laughs> i took history of rock and roll part one and two yeah uh okay well, there's a second part okay there's the second part because the first part involves like part one is just the beatles period n- no it starts pre-beatles it starts i was just i'm just kidding it starts with kidding. yeah no it starts when uh fucking like when when you go down to the crossroads and sell your soul to the devil that sort of like southern blues rock 
Okay. Um, and then it you know goes through the Beatles, but it literally part one and two are are are, are separated when Bob Dylan goes electric. Oh, and that's like cool. and like people. No, I mean D- Dylan, 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 the Beatles, all those people. Like they're it, rare, rare air. Well, yeah. Um, so what I what I was meaning to say about that is like in terms of musical, you know, lore, Tyler Childers, Childers will go down in that lore. Like he is as good Hopefully. and respected um, lyrically amongst his compatriots. Yeah. Now, how, how he gets that, you know, Dylan-esque folklore is yet to be seen. Don't, 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 you know, don't rush it. We'll see. Dylan put out six albums before he got there. Um, we'll see. We'll see where it gets. Uh, I respect the hell out of him. His his latest, you know, uh, uh, project is um, just came out this Friday, but he released a preview song in two various, or sorry, in two versions, both just slight rearrangements. One was called Hallelujah, and then I think one was called Hallelujah Tabernacle Virgin. Makes sense. Um, but the song in and of itself is it essentially calls out religion, which in that culture is just well unheard of. Um, and the way in which he does it is so tactful and so impactful that if he has fans and they listen and they respect him, they would, you know, they would have, to, they would have no choice, but to in some capacity evaluate, how they feel about their own religion. Um, it's, it's, he is a genius. He is an absolute genius. Um, and we should close, but I think that is what music can do to people. And it, it, to, to, to circle back, you, you have this ability to learn all this stuff about music and to learn all this stuff about cooking because cooking has the same level of impact, right? Like cooking is all a story. Like, all of the stuff that we eat comes from a specific region where like history imparted a level of cuisine that, you know, was defined by the region and was defined by their struggles and by what they could do. And the reason you eat shepherd spy in Ireland is for the same reason that you eat, you know, gnocchi and, in Northern Italy and the same things that you do with like all the tomato based sauces and Sicily and all these places like, and you should go learn about it because it actually makes it interesting. Like it makes all this stuff that we do interesting. Um, It's I don't know. I find all (laughs) the random history to me is the most fascinating shit ever. Like it's, it's so fascinating knowing that, you know, meatballs were only an inch wide because they didn't have money to purchase meat. So they wanted everybody to get a little piece. That's how they served meatballs. They didn't serve them as fucking saucer-sized meatballs. And everybody got one per dish. No, it was like we made a pound of meat stretch to you know this amount of folks yeah. by making the meatballs tiny. I don't know. I just think that's that shit to me is just out of this world fascinating well it is it is fucking hella fascinating and one thing that i've i've kind of taken away from this episode of nobody left behind is that art is all around us and we need to fucking acknowledge it shit we need to acknowledge it more uh um, right. 
And uh, one thing I also want to acknowledge before we move on to close is that uh, I didn't realize that Tyler Childers had a new album out. I'm going to go listen to that. Thank you for reminding me. Absolutely. Uh, but as you talk about questioning religion, I cannot help, especially in that genre, I cannot help but remind people that there's an artist whose name is Parker Millsap. He is from Purcell, Oklahoma. He is uh, a cousin to a very good friend of mine and uh, has an album called The Very Last Day. It came out in 2016. There's a song on there called Heaven Sent. Okay. I want you to listen to that song. Understand that the religious aspect of that song uh, deeply embodies everything that is the... uh, the three to one church to person ratio <laughs> in my hometown or church to house ratio in my church hometown. Because <laughs> uh, they're I mean, like, I'll go, I'll they're like I, I like the stuff that you sent from him before. He's good. Uh, dude, the, the, the 7,000 people that live in my, lived in my hometown to the 35 churches that were available in my, in and around my hometown, just knucking futs how religious yeah. that area is. And for him to be a prominent name, his last name is a prominent name in my hometown. Yeah, for, him, it out. for him to have written that, that song in particular is bonkers. So yeah, go listen to some, go listen to some folk music and uh, appreciate your local artists uh, because they're doing shit that you don't have the balls to do. You know, and that's what it boils down to. Whether that fucking local no, artist, true. whether that local artist is making a smash burger in northern Italy or making a fucking uh, a Neapolitan pizza in central Oklahoma, that artist is doing some good ass work. I really hope if you're in Italy, you're not making smash burger. I really hope you're not. You know what though? Somebody in northern Italy's probably never tasted a smash burger and it's is like, true, "Holy it's true, it's true. shit! You're right, you're right, we could do this right, with onions right. and ground." We can do this with the onions and the ground of beef. And they're like, this is fucking amazing. I'm just saying, there's so much you can do that's not a burger. Ah, <laughs> but sometimes like, it's fucking I'm worth gonna it. I'm going to make the best to smash a burger that yeah. I've ever had in my life. Could you imagine <laughs> someone from Northern Italy only having fucking fresh baguettes and shit, tasting <laughs> a fucking sourdough slab of bread just on a griddle next to some fucking onions and ground beef? Oh, my God. Even, I, I, I can't even it would, imagine. It would blow I'm, their I'm minds. Sure I'm sure it's good. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to cut the fucking underside of your, uh, the oh, roof of your the mouth. The roof of your mouth is going to be sore. Definitely. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be like Captain Crunch. Gonna... <laughs> it's going to be a Captain Crunch marathon sore. That's my, that's the worst part about eating a baguette, dude, is the, the consequences of eating a good baguette. Do these people have calloused mouths? Yeah, like, I think it is. I think <laughs> it's, it's, it's people. <laughs> People in Southern Europe and everybody who's ever worked at Panera, like they just fucking, their mouths are just what are you all cut doing up. Here? Like, I don't it's know. Just like, God damn. You're just, and then they, they, they're like, God forbid you drink a lemonade with a Oh my own. God. Were you <laughs> fucking a masochist? You just pour some salt in your mouth and swish that around, okay, asshole. All right, it. guys. Well, thank you for listening to this episode and every episode of Nobody Left Behind. Uh, if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to check us out over on social media at no Beer Left Cast at Twitter and Instagram at NBLB Beer on Twitter as well. Um, if you've got some beer suggestion for us, please hit us up over there on our social media pages. 
Uh, for Brian, until next time, I am out. For Frank, I'm in far, 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 far northern Macau. Excuse me, McAllen, Texas. Um, I'd just like to say, go Pokes. And what's the Baylor head coach? Is it Matt, Matt Aradonda? Matt Aranda? Uh, uh, Ariola. Okay, Matt Ariola. We're going to call him that from now on. Um, has the biggest tuck and futz I've ever seen in my life. Um, I don't even understand how you go fourth and two for your 14 first downs in general when you have a fourth down and a mile uh yeah it's the 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 man is uh has no fear i want to say that he has no hair as well so maybe those are related i also want to call out the offensive coordinator for baylor big props to you on that fucking side bet of osu getting a safety in the game how dare you call a sweet play from your own end zone i don't even understand that Okay. It uh, was an, and, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. And, and, and can we can we just mention it was an RPO for two sweeps? He literally was either going to toss it to the running back or the quarterback was going to get fucked on the other side of the end zone. Oh yeah, it was a boot. There was nobody boot. running directly forward. <laughs> no, they're all fucked from the get go, from their own two. Congrats. I don't even. Yeah, fair enough. That didn't cost them the game, but it certainly didn't help. Definitely. Um, didn't. Yeah, but yeah, go pucks. Uh, it's we're in for some kind of a season here. I Georgia almost lost tonight. It's there's stuff going on in college football. Oh, you's lost two straight. Yeah. But congrats to that. I mean, you know, they were trying to convince us that the problem was Lincoln Riley. What if the problem is going up against purple teams? And that's really the fucking problem. (laughs) (laughs) There's half the defense is colorblind and they don't know the difference between crimson and purple. Very good at recorder (laughs) at 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 at, uh, a recruiting brown purple colorblind folks. Like they're like, is this the ball or is that a human? (laughs) Well, there's a size difference, but they go to OU, so I don't expect them to know that. Anyways, I'm out.